Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the contenders for the voice. <laughs> no, <laughs> trying to read and get back on the radio broadcast at the same time. That is super professional right there. Welcome back to the contenders for the faith radio broadcast. And uh, thank you for staying with us through the break. Unfortunately, the man in the big squeaky chair, I can't give his introduction right now. I can tell you, though, that he has the Cedars of Lebanon around his desk. And uh, back behind his desk, the Library of Alexandria. Pastor Anthony Garissi was unable to be with us this evening. We think he may be froze to death in the grand state of Arizona, where there is a run currently on the Burlington Coat Factory. I'll tell you this, the uh, the Black Friday has nothing on Frozen Friday in Phoenix, Arizona. I guess they hit 32 degrees. I know this. I haven't heard from my brother who lives in Mesa, Arizona, either. It's kind of funny. Every time I talk to him from Indiana in the winter, he ends up getting the flu. And uh, just because of that, uh, you know, brushing contact, 
And for those of you folks in Southern California and Florida, um, you can uh, definitely pray for those that are in 32-degree weather. Uh, <laughs> us, our normal is actually less than that. Um, and we were a little bit warmer than that today. So we're, I, I should be thankful for this three days of rain that we had, that it wasn't snow. I don't know about you, LT, but uh, I think we probably would have gotten a couple of feet out of out of all this rain that we've been having out here in Union City, Indiana. Um, hey, just real quick, before we jump into the second half of the broadcast, we're, of course, talking about eugenics and abortion and um, the, the humanistic backings of evolution during this hour. But before we get to that, I just want to send out uh, uh, an extra special shout-out to Andrew, who is in the chat room right now. He's unfortunately has found himself laid up there and just wanted to let you know, Andrew, that you are in our prayers for sure. And uh, we look forward to a good report from uh, some of the procedures that you have done in there. If you want to know what actually Andrew, he, he's talking back and forth in the chat room. So apparently they haven't, you know, taken his hands off or anything yet in the hospital. So if you want to know about that, you can actually jump into that chat room and chat with him and ask him questions about <laughs> what I was just talking about. But uh, go to theamericanvoice.com and click on chat and jump in there. Give yourself a super secret identity, hopefully a little more super secret than Andrew. Get a little creative. Of course, I'm Jason B. And uh, Frank, who, as always, I don't know, any of you guys in the chat room even see Frank in the roster? He just kind of shows up like a, like a chat room ghost or something, just floats in there. And every once in a while, you see him type something. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of strange. But anyway, uh, Frank's in there as well. You definitely want to take advantage of the chat room. Regardless of what show you're listening to on the American Voice Radio Network, you will have the sharpest uh, folks in there able to answer your questions. And if you think you're sharp and if you think that you can educate people, um, here's, a, here's a crowd willing and, and waiting for you to be able to give you feedback on what you think. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is the sharpest chat room in radio. So you want to give it an opportunity and jump in there. Now we're talking about survival of the fittest, eugenics and abortion, an article written by Randy Guliuza, uh, uh, a medical doctor. And it was found in this month's edition of Act in fact, this is an extremely uh, good uh, publication put out by the Institute for Creation Research. You can go to their website, and I'm sure that this article is also in on their website at www.icr.org. That's www.icr.org, and this was the organization that was founded by uh, Dr. Henry Morris, who has gone home to be, be with the Lord. But we're just going to jump right back into it. We began by reading that eugenics became widely stigmatized in the 1970s. Um, the term eugenics did. It was obviously based on a racist principle, and it was exercised that way. And so, to a large degree, abortions and things like that, birth control, were aimed at minority uh, populations in order to keep them from populating more, because what eugenics is it is aimed Dar Darwinism. So they were trying to improve the breeding stock of the human race by taking out undesirables. And that is, in a very short sentence, what eugenics was. They even went so far as to uh, sterilize large populations of people that they deemed to be undesirable. These were forced sterilizations. And yes, this happened in the United States of America, and it happened under the banner of science, 
Now, when you say science, the science is settled, uh, we laugh at that now a little bit, but uh, certainly throughout the 1900s, science had a, had a grasp on the American public with regards to being the uh, people that would give out the knowledge. Well, that's not what science says, or that's unscientific, still has a, a very large meaning when you're talking about such things. But that's what eugenics was. It was just something that was, it was a true-to-life acting out of Darwinistic principles. They believed that they were helping the human race to evolve to a, a point better than, uh, than they were by taking out these undesirables. And I'll tell you, this idea, this principle, and this manner of living by these scientists was really perfected and carried out on the largest scale in both the communistic nations, because they had thrown God out and they had decided that uh, they were going to only operate in the realm of atheism and reason, which is definitely a misnomer in this case, and also in the uh, in World War II with the Germans, of course, with Hitler also being one of the major proponents of eugenics to take out certain types of people out of the gene pool to create the master race. These were all based on the same ideals, the same principles, and they were all a completely a rejection of the Word of God. Um, there is a eugenics abortion link, and it happened very early. And I'm going to read to you a little bit more of this article. In keeping with the subterranean strategy, some eugenicists continued their work under the cover of non-eugenic disciplines and organizations, such as the birth control and population control movements. For example, the first administrator of the Population Council, a former president of the American Eugenics Society, recalled in 1974 that the post-war birth control and abortion rights movements were great eugenic causes, but if they had been advanced for eugenic reasons, it would have retarded or stopped their acceptance. Eugenic ideals such as racism, paternalism, scientific authority, and genetic manipulation did not disappear from the world and were arguably institutionalized in certain wings of the reproductive sciences. So that's where eugenics continues to live on, folks. It continues to live on through the quote-unquote reproductive sciences. Now, those are all just terminologies and words used to mean to take out certain undesirable um, certain undesirables in our society. Um, like cancer, eugenics spread into another death-driven method of population control, abortion. The old eugenics regrew into the new eugenics with its atrocious history. How could this happen? Well, this uh, person that wrote this article, Mr. Guliuza, Dr. Guliuza, he says, while eugenics qualifies as a spectacular evolutionary blunder by all accounts, Professor Randolph Neese accurately does not point the finger at evolution in general, but specifically at Darwinian natural selection. Neese says most applications were medical Darwinism that focused on the welfare of the species. Now, it, this is what you see through Obamacare, isn't it? And uh, it was, when, uh, oh, what's her name, was talking about death panels, when that whole discussion was going on, and then it turned out that they actually do have death panels in Obamacare, and you see in the European countries where they're taking out the old people because they're too much of a drag on society, and um, you see all these things happen. That's what they, their main goal was, was to improve the species or make things better for certain uh, people who thought that they were superior. In connection with eugenics, this led to a moral and social disaster. 
Darwinism is predicated on death, eliminating unfit members from populations of creatures as they struggle to survive. That Darwinian selection is the root concept, nurturing eugenics, was unmistakably affirmed by a leading proponent during his heyday in 1927. In my own mind, and in growing number of, of other minds, civilization will end unless civilization can find a method for doing for itself what natural selection did for man during his ascent, ensuring that he shall breed only from his best. Uh, it just sends shivers up and down your spine reading this. The study of how it is possible... The study of how it is possible forms the subject matter of what we now term the science of eugenics. We have to replace the ruthless action of natural selection by reasoned conduct and civilized men. Think about what he just said there for a second. We have to replace the ruthless action of natural selection, and I would say not by the reasoned conduct and civilized men. And there we go, dropping that word reason again into the debate, because it's certainly unreasonable to think that you know people should take care of other people who are less able to take care of themselves. But no, he says that nature's ruthless in doing it, so why... Wouldn't they make that next step to say then that mankind would be ruthless in doing that? And, of course, they would make that step. But they thought that the cause was greater than the bad that they might do in killing large segments of society. Uh, the author of the article continues, That ruthless understanding of Darwinism continues unabated today and even in diverse realms. Notably, a recent article critical of the Amazon Corporation quoted a former human resources director claiming that the company implemented, quote, purposeful Darwinism, unquote. This referred to some employees as winners and others as losers who leave or are fired in annual staff cullings. You see this everywhere. Well, you've heard of the Darwin Awards, right? And so it is so ingrained in our society that there are going to be less desirables who are culled out of the population as humankind make, continues its, its ascent in the process of evolution. Unfortunately, those opposing eugenics, abortion, and euthanasia today often point at evolution as fostering these behaviors. But that blame may not be fully on target. Death-driven behaviors are tenaciously rooted in the survival or in the fitness survival death mindset that encompasses selectionist thinking. But those who embrace these ideas may not even realize this connection. By default, evolutionists must champion natural selection, because that's the driver of it, by the way. But various non-evolutionists profess to be big fans only. Indeed, even some Christians claim in language akin to eugenicists that natural selection, fueled Though fueled by death, helps the population by getting rid of genetic defects and thus preserves the viability of a population by removing those members with severely harmful or lethal characteristics. They believe this process somehow exhibits God's care for his creation in a post-fall world. That has gotten their minds so backwards that they now believe they are doing good and they are doing God's good by making sure that certain segments of society don't survive. It's interesting, isn't it, getting a view into the mind of what is going on in a neo-eugenicist uh, uh, in his mind or her mind. Um, it's, it's resurging today. 
And that's what the author of this article, he makes this point, that a 2014 headline in a popular newspaper read, Let's Cautiously Celebrate the New Eugenics, written by a senior research fellow at the University of California, Davis. He describes a new form of eugenics applied through pre-birth genetic screening by medical experts. Genetics tests before or after conception may determine if an unborn child might have a serious disorder. Preventing genetic diseases is one end of a continuum that leads to dreams of genetically enhancing humans at the other end. Predictably, evolutionist Richard Dawkins dared ask the eugenics reviving question, why is it acceptable to train fast runners and high jumpers, but not to breed them? He adds, but hasn't the time come when we should stop being frightened even to put the question? Today's eugenicists, as explained in the eugenic impulse, still think that crafting humanity using evolutionary methods is noble. And he goes on to, to quote some books and, and things like that. And you can actually get online and read this article. if uh, You can find it at the Institute for Creation Research website, www.icr.org. www.icr.org. You know, one of the biggest attacks on Christianity in the last 150 years, and it's almost a complete total warfare against Christianity, has been the theory of evolution. Let's do something for a second. Let's just disregard theistic evolutionists. They are such a minority, and I think that many of them are simply closing their minds to the fact that they've got to make a decision between evolution and creation. And I know there would be many that would argue vociferously and probably write books against that statement, but that's fine. You're such a minority, nobody will ever read your book anyway. But one of the biggest attacks on Christianity certainly has been the theory of evolution. It's also been one of the most effective attacks. We're going to make a cursory comparison during the last few minutes we have in this show of evolution and creation, showing what evolution is and what creation is. Now, obviously, with the time that we have left, we're not going to be able to get through this entire thing, but I want to tell you that evolution is based on a faulty foundation. Darwin stated this regarding the fossil record. Why then is not every geological formation and every stratum full of intermediate links? Geology assuredly does not reveal any such finely graduated organic chain, and this perhaps is the most obvious and serious objection which can be urged against the theory. The explanation lies, as I believe, in the extreme imperfection of the geological record. So he believed that the, why we don't see transitionary fossils are because we simply haven't dug as much as we were going to and have seen as much things that are in the ground as are there. Um, and as time got, went on, the uh, evolutionists realized, hey, we are not finding any transitionary fo fossils. In fact, they never did find transitionary fossils. And by the time you get to the 1970s, and a biologist by the name of Stephen Jay Gould who actually read his book prior to being a Christian and still thought it was ridiculous, even though I, I didn't, uh, didn't believe in God or, or didn't even care if God existed. I guess I was kind of an agnostic. But uh, he came up with this idea of punctuated equilibrium, where uh, great distances of evolution happen in an extremely short period of time, and that's how we describe the fact that there are not any transitionary fossils. And uh, obviously that... Is, is extremely ridiculous. Colin Patterson, this was a senior paleontologist at the British Museum of Natural History. They have the world's largest fossil collection, over 60 million specimens, and it's probably much more now. Um, if I knew of any evolutionary transitions, fossil or living, I would certainly have included them in my book, Evolution. Colin Patterson, senior paleontologist, had never 
scene, a transitionary fossil. David Raup, curator of the um, Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago, he says this, we are now about 120 years after Darwin. Obviously, he this was many years ago, and the knowledge of the fossil record has been greatly expanded. We have, now have a quarter of a million fossil species, but the situation hasn't changed much. We, we have fewer examples of evolutionary transition than we had in Darwin's time. Now, that is very revealing. He said we have fewer examples of evolutionary transition than we had in Darwin's time. That was 120 years after Darwin, and he's, and he's admitting to the fact that many of them were made up in Darwin's time or misinterpreted in Darwin's time. And now he had a much larger body to pull from, and he had not seen any transitionary fossils. But the fossil record is not the only thing that causes evolution to be put on a faulty foundation. Um, also, chance. Now, many of you who are uh, mathematicians possibly have heard of Jacques Minaud. He was a Nobel Prize winner. He said this about um, evolution. He said, chance alone is at the source of every innovation of all creation in the biosphere. Pure chance, absolutely free but blind, is at the very root of the stupendous edifice of evolution. Okay, well, let's take this into account, though. The probability of a single protein molecule being arranged by chance is 1 in 10 to the 161st power. You do realize how big of a number that is. Using all the atoms on Earth and allowing all the time since the world began, it's 1 in 10 to the 161st power. That's even if you say that the world was around 4 billion years. That is the chance that these protein molecules arranged themselves and became living organisms. Chance cannot be the determining factor. You know, mathematicians put things out of the realm of probability at the odds of 1 to 20. And this was 1 to 10 to the 161st power. We're talking about 1 to 1 with 162 zeros behind it. Chance cannot be the foundation upon which they rest any reality of their, of their theory. And yet that is what they say. That is how they say that everything came about, that everything came from nothing. Yeah, ultimately, you have to get back to that point. There was a documentary a few years ago that was, uh, that was done by Ben Stein where he's interviewing Richard Dawkins, and he actually gets Richard Dawkins to admit that, uh, yeah, it really couldn't have had come about by chance because maybe the aliens seeded the Earth, and that's where we all came from, and so there has to be an origin. And what he admitted there was that intelligence had to be applied in order for us to become to exist on the planet Earth. They don't even see their own inconsistencies, do they? Um, but not only the fossil record, not only chance, but empirical science. They want us to believe that uh, the theory of evolution actually goes contrary to revealed laws of science. Nothing comes from nothing. This is something that we know, and yet this is at the very basis of evolution. The law of energy conservation. Empirical, this is an empirical law of science that says that while energy can be changed from one form to another, it can neither be created nor destroyed. If this is the case, ask the nearest scientist, where did everything come from? It was commonly accepted by scientists that spontaneous generation occurred up to uh, a certain point. The medieval theory of spontaneous generation stated that you could make something from nothing. This was proven untrue through an easy experiment using meat, jars, and cloth. The flies could not get into the jar with the cloth on top of it, and nothing would grow in the jar. Something, living uh, life has to come from life. 
and uh, you can't go you can't just keep extending the time back and uh, moving the goalpost to say well it just took a little bit longer for nothing to come to nothing because that goes against the laws of science the second thing uh, second law of empirical science of course is the law of entropy or the second law of ther thermodynamics um, all things tend to decay. Everything runs from complexity to decay. In fact, Sir Arthur Addington stated, if your theory is found to be against the second law of thermodynamics, entropy, I can give you no hope. There is nothing for it but to collapse in deepest humiliation. According to the law of entropy, energy does not increase in complexity, but it rather runs in a downhill course toward chaos. Evolution, therefore, could not be true due to its pointing toward an increased specialization and complexity from a simple one-celled organism. And the evolutionists will all stand up and raise their hands and start shouting at this point and say, but that's in a closed system. Add energy from the sun and you'll get something. Unfortunately, order does not come through added energy. It's like telling your kid to go clean their room, or it's like uh, uh, looking at your kid's room, it's a mess, and then that room being struck by lightning. The stuff doesn't magically leap to where it belongs on the shelves. The clothes don't fold themselves. You don't end up with an increased order with the addition of energy. We know from science that if you add energy, such as a tornado to a trailer park, that that does not make a high-rise building. It doesn't make it better, it makes it worse. Because there are basic laws of science that evolution goes against. I can shout that all day long. And those evolutionists and those scientists will just say, Ah, but you don't understand. Well, what I do understand is that you're violating laws of science in order to get your idea of something that has, uh, has just come about all on its own according to you and that to me is the worst kind of blind faith I have ever heard of alright folks thank you for listening to the contenders for the faith radio broadcast stay tuned for Melissa Roxanne I promise you she won't promote evolution on the next show Lord bless you have a good night Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR 2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR 2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and to order and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Welcome to New World Order Info. Sorry about the technical problems. This is Melissa Roxanne, and it's my live show tonight on Monday. Apparently, a cat stepped on my mic button and turned it off, so I didn't know what it was at first. Anyway, okay, so you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com. And check out all the different ways to listen to AVR. And we have been having snow here a lot lately, and uh, we've been getting rain, you know, sometimes too. But since it's been colder, it's I guess turned to snow. But we've been getting rain for the last couple of months. It seems like every day, which I'm not complaining about, um, because we need the rain. Because last summer we were having 
you know, some issues. We're, we're wondering and worrying about our well water, you know, and us having enough and stuff like that. So so we we welcome the rain and everything, but um, it's been snowing every day, like I said. Uh, no, if it didn't snow, it, you know, there was too much snow on the ground to really go anywhere. Um, except for Saturday, we were able to go somewhere, you know, do our normal stuff in town. But uh, it snowed a little Sunday, I think, and not much, though. Um, and then I think it snowed some last night again, so we're back to snow on the ground. But I don't think it's that bad, you know, the roads or anything. But anyway, I was going to try to sell, you know, some things on Craigslist, but because of all the snow and everything else, I, I wasn't able to do so. So who knows if we're going to keep getting it or not. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so I've been telling you about stuff, how you can make some money on the side or maybe have your own business or just make some money on eBay or Craigslist, et cetera, and things you can sell that you may not have realized and, uh, you know, that they would sell or that anybody would want them or that you could get as much money for them. Uh, last week I discovered while on the air, kind of during break, I looked up what, what the most pine cones uh, were going for and found out that there was there were um, somebody had bought on eBay in the last 90 days one pine cone went for $55 and that was for a 19 you know over 19 inch pine cone from a sugar pine tree and uh, somebody in the chat room was nice enough to put some information about sugar pine trees, you know, a link. And so I clicked on that during the show, and it said, I, I think it said pretty much that they're on, it did say, I think, the coast of, you know, and that you could find them in California and Oregon for two places at least. There's probably more than that. But, uh, you know, due to the weather issues and all that, I haven't gone out to the woods yet and checked to see if we have any of those. But I'm sure Frank and I will both be looking <laughs> for $55 pine cones. Um, so anyway, that was pretty mind-blowing. And then we went to a store Saturday that has a lot of used vintage, you know, items and things like that. Um, it was a consignment-type shop, or more people have booths in there, and they also have consignment, the store itself does. And they'll buy things from you for not very much money, you know, kind of like a pawn shop would or something. And I did see some pine cones in there, but they weren't going for much. They were like a buck a piece or a bag full for not very much. So it just, you know... I guess it pays to to see where things sell for the most money if you if you're interested in that. But they weren't giant 19 plus inch pine cones either. So, but anyway, yeah. I mean, a lot of people have pine trees in their yard and pine cones and things like that. Like I told you when I was a kid, we used to have to pick those up. Me, my brother and I, my cousin, etc., my sister, and I was the youngest one. So, but I was still out there, you know, just working hard like everybody else and. We had tons of re leaves to rake up and all that, and so if only then I had known how much money the pine cones were worth, even even if they weren't worth 55 each. You know, they were worth some money, um, or maybe they weren't back then. I don't know. They didn't. We didn't have all these places to sell online. We didn't have the internet or anything like that, really. So, um, but hey, I could have been an inter enterprising young child and tried to sell some of those. So. You just never know uh, what will sell. 
that told you that people are buying empty boxes for a lot of money on eBay because maybe, you know, they say it's because people just want the box, you know, when they buy a used item or maybe it's a brand new vintage item or whatever and they just want the box. And that's true because having the box does make it more valuable. And it could be, which they didn't mention, um, because somebody wanting to resell that item, they're probably going to get more money or more interest if they have the original box the item came in. So the, the motto in the bottom line is, you know, if there's anything you think you might be able to sell one day or you might think about selling, maybe, you know, you love it now, but in the future you could think you might sell it, um, you probably should keep the box. And I have learned from an employee at Walmart, you don't even need a box to take something back to a store. They may try to tell you you need it, but in reality, you don't. And people return things all the time, even if they don't have the box. I never have, but he told he kind of said it to me in a way like, you know, don't tell anybody, but you really don't need to have the box to take something back. So, you know, and that's where you'll see things because they just send it back to the manufacturer anyway or whoever they bought it from, you know, the store does. And, uh, you know, then they'll resell it probably to another company that buys things, open box items, or they will have their people or some third-party company or something, you know, check everything out, test it, sell it as refurbished, et cetera. So you can... Sometimes save a lot of money buying things either open box or refurbished. Um, I probably would stay away myself from the open box things because they haven't been certified and tested and certified as refurbished by the original manufacturer. And that goes for, you know, I mean, I guess I have bought things used many, many times. So I don't know why I'm even saying I wouldn't buy the open box stuff, but I would prefer if I'm going to get something online, usually um, to stay away from the open box stuff and just get the remanufactured stuff. But then again, hey, I've bought used stuff in thrift stores for years, and I have bought a used heater one time on, on eBay, and I kind of got um, had a problem because I was waiting to use it. I didn't really want to leave good feedback without, you know, having it and using it and I I did just kind of wait, and then I used it, and it had been, I think, past like 30 days or something, and it worked when I first got it. I, I used it, you know, made sure it worked and everything, but I was going to wait on the feedback, so then I didn't use it. Then I waited too long and tried to use it again, and the fan does not work. So that's, I guess you just need to keep using something and making sure it works, you know, if, you're, if you want to wait to leave feedback. So then I went ahead, you know, before I... I tried it the second time and it left good feedback for the person and lo and behold, they sold it as an item, you know, fully working and all that. And in reality, it worked the first time I, I used it, you know, plugged it in, tried it, but then it quit. It wasn't working the second time. So that kind of thing can happen. Um, I think you have to do it within like 30 days on eBay as far as getting your money back, etc. So don't make the mistake that I did doing that. And a lot of eBay sellers don't have any kind of return. You know, they don't offer returns, so you can't return something. At least that's what they want you to think. But um, I know if you buy it on PayPal, that's not the case. And I think they do give you 30 days on PayPal. And eBay probably even has a, a money-back guarantee program, too. Um, 
I'd have to look and read what it says. But uh, anyway, I've noticed a lot of sellers are just saying, no, I don't take returns, you know. And then the ones that do, a lot of them are charging restocking fees, which I can kind of understand why they would do that because there's a lot of people that will, um, you know, try to return things, maybe scam you or something like that. So if you charge a restocking fee, then, you know, if they're going to have to pay a certain amount of money, they may think twice about trying to, you know, do that because, I mean, the stores out there, most of them do, especially for electronics items, a lot of them anyway do charge a restocking fee, and it could be something like 20% of the original purchase price. So keep that in mind. Always check if you're going to buy something from a store, from eBay, from wherever. Find out if they have a restocking fee if for any reason you have to return an item. And I know our Fred Meyer store, I've learned I don't ever want to buy electronics from there, although I think Frank bought me a monitor from there years ago, which I'm still using and I haven't ever had a problem with. Um, but... Um, I learned since then when I was inquiring about buying a camera or something a long time ago, they give you a very hard time if you want to return anything. I didn't have anything to return, but I was just trying to ask, you know, in case something went wrong with an item I purchased uh, or was thinking of purchasing. And they basically were kind of telling me that they kind of keep you from returning things. You know, they, they give you a very hard time. They want to, they, they act like you're trying to scam them just to return something within their 30-day return, you know, the the way they have their policy written and you have your original receipt and there's, you know, whatever happened, maybe you bought something and, you know, something wasn't working right or you just don't like it or whatever. And so I don't think it's right if, if you buy something from a store um, and they, they won't let you return it within their original policy, you know, within the amount of time you should. Um, I know, in case you weren't aware, and, and I'm not sure I need to check on this, but the last time I bought something from Macy's, which is very not normal for me to do, they have a six-month return policy, the last, you know, I looked. So that was like two or three years ago, so... As far as I know, it's still the same, but I don't know for sure. But back then, it was a 180-day return policy. That's the longest I've ever heard of a store having. Um, I know Walmart has a 90-day return policy. You can return, you know, whatever it is within 90 days. So those are two of the longer ones. I know that um, Costco, they used to have... A, a lifetime guarantee because we have a friend that has a Costco membership and when he purchased his Costco membership I don't think he still has it because you know I don't think they, they will allow you to purchase a lifetime membership to Costco but when he first got his um, they did have a, a lifetime guarantee so you could use an item for years and then if it failed you could take it back you know whatever condition it was in, and they would probably just give your money back. Um, I don't know, maybe they would have replaced the item, but either way, they would have either given you the item, and if they didn't still sell it, they would have to give you your money back. But I think they probably just, re you know, gave you your money back. So that was really 
the best kind of return policy pretty much any store that I know of has had, but they no longer do that at Costco. Um, I have found that you don't have to be a member at Costco, just so you know. You can still go online on their website and buy things from them. So in case you weren't aware of it, I just learned that recently that you can buy from Costco even though you don't pay to be a member. So certain items they have, they'll say you have to have a membership. So, but a lot of their items, you can get really good deals without having a membership. So that's just something I thought a lot of people may not realize because I didn't realize it. So the same could be true with Sam's Club or or other stores where you have to pay to have a membership. I'm not sure. But um, I don't think we have our Sam's Club yet. Um, we heard we were going to get one, and it was supposed to be moving to where our Costco is, which is right next to Walmart. So, you know, we're still waiting. As far as I know, we don't have it yet. But anyway... Um, I, I just find those warehouse stores, at least at least Costco here, they just, to me, when I went there, I only went, you know, two or three times maybe with a friend that had a membership. Frank and I went with him, and we just didn't find that they had really good deals. Maybe they do, but everything we looked at just seemed pretty, you know, high-priced items, and or you had to buy these huge quantities, which wouldn't be a problem, I guess, if, if they gave you a really good deal, but um, I don't think I don't think they were doing that. So um, we just decided it would not be a good thing for us to pay for a membership to Costco. And I don't know what is going on with my audio. It sounds bad now, so I'm hoping that it sounds good going out. Okay, it's going bad. I don't know why. I'm going to unplug my board and try. Okay, now, I don't know why. I just unplugged my board and plugged it back in, and now it's fine. All right, so anyway, uh, yeah, we're waiting to see if we really do get a Sam's Club, um, but I know a lot of people out there do belong to that. Um, I just Every time I've been there, we just never found anything we even wanted to buy, hardly, except for one thing, so we never have joined. Okay, so I'm going to come back and tell you more stuff about buying and selling and eBay and et cetera on the other side, so stick around.
007. Your assignment is to find out... Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Ancient prophetic texts warn us that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of war, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in many places, and troublesome times, men fainting from fear from what is coming upon the earth. Even though these words were penned almost 2,000 years ago, we can readily see that this dire warning is applicable in the days in which we are living in now. Days of Chaos, a new book by L.A. Marzulli, exposes what is happening in the Middle East, the Fukushima disaster, the mysterious animal and fish die-off, the rise of the 8.0 and greater earthquake, the coming one world government, the collapse of the U.S. dollar, UFO activity, and so much more. Days of Chaos has the information you need in these troublesome times. Don't be afraid of these events. Come to an understanding of why they are happening as they were prophesied long ago. These are the Days of Chaos. Go to www.lamarzuli.net. www.lamarzuli.net. These are the Days of Chaos. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen and take advantage of the wonderful things we have available in our superstore, like... Well, AVR sells a couple of things. We sell the organic sulfur, and I always try to mention that because it's a great deal, and, you know, it's it's really good for one's health. Always check with your doctor, of course. Uh, some people give it to their animals in their water, et cetera. Always check with your vet about that first. But... Um, you know, we offer a really good deal on the organic sulfur, and you save $5 off the price of each container, which is, it's one-pound containers. So every um, time you buy more than one, you're going to save $5 off the cost of each pound. So that that's a good savings right there. And then we also, you know, offer... Not very high shipping, but you'll save even more money when you buy more than one. And when you buy four pounds at a time or more, you're going to get, while supplies last, a free LED light bulb. for. It's a $10 value, but free with an order of four pounds or more at one time with the same order. And we did see some of those being sold uh, like we are giving to people that order four or more at a time. We saw those in town yesterday for sale, um, and, and they were not free, and they were not very, you know, inexpensive. So, anyway, that's another bonus thing you get while supplies last. And then we have the distillers for sale. Those are really good. Um, I really think hard water is really bad for one's health, so you would need to filter that, you know, um, if you have hard water, and then just all the other contaminants in the water, you know, that you would want to get rid of. You can do that with the distiller and, you know, doing it the proper way, and and so we have those to offer as well, and you hear our commercials about those. Um, they're three and a half hours to do each gallon of water, and we use ours every day. You know, a lot of times more than once a day. We we might make a couple of gallons a day or even more. So um, it's a really good deal, and you don't have the hassle of going to the store and taking all your, you know, gallon-sized containers or five-gallon-sized containers and all that, you know. You just have it right there. So take advantage of that. They make great gifts, and hopefully, you know, you'll get one if you don't have one, and... Tell others, you know, that we do offer a good deal, too. And you can get the glass container or maybe find your own glass container if you want to get the least expensive one like I did. I was able to find a, a glass carafe for a distiller. I think I paid maybe 5 bucks or something at a thrift store. And, no, I've only seen them just one time, so I'm not going to say it's easy to find in a thrift store, but you never know. So keep looking if you are interested in finding one, you might find one like I did. And um, so I'm going to get back into now um, different things that you can sell on eBay or wherever. Um, these things have sold on eBay. 
and so you may not have been aware that you could sell things like this. I told you about the used clothes. People are selling those and earning a lot of money. Some people, you know, they're even going to thrift stores, garage sales, or estate sales, auctions, what have you, and they're learning what labels and what styles and things like that are, you know, good sellers or maybe they sell for a lot of money. So there's people that specialize in clothing and you can make a lot of money doing that. I've never really tried to do that or anything. I've never even sold anything yet. But I do have some things kind of put away in case I do decide to like those um kind of western shirts with the pearl buttons and things like that for guys. Um I know some females probably wear those too, I'm sure. The kind of, you know, thing that women or men could wear, females or males, but Anyway, so I have a few of those put away, and but I'm I'm just not specializing in that type of thing to sell, but a lot of people do. So if you want to learn how to find the things that are worth, you know, the, the good money like that on eBay and elsewhere, you can just go to YouTube and, you know, type in uh, selling clothing on eBay or something like that, um, you know, good clothing to sell on eBay or something to that. Uh, for the title like that, and you'll find those those videos of the people that are making a lot of good money, and and they will tell you they will point out features in clothing and stuff like that, and what makes it go for a lot of money. I mean, wool coats I know go for a lot. Pendleton um, things by Pendleton I know go for a lot, and different brands that are really popular. Um, even blankets and all kind of things, throws, uh, uh, down, down throws, things like that, you know, those can go for some money. And I've seen things in stores like Ross and other places, like I told you about, I like to look for clothes in places like that, Ross, TJ Maxx. Tuesday morning, not so much for clothes, um, but Tuesday morning has good deals in case you're not aware. You might want to check and see if you have one near you. They sell a lot of expensive things, too. But even the expensive things are going to sell for a lot more money elsewhere, usually. So, you know, over the years, long before I moved here, I don't even hardly even go in there anymore. But um, we had those in Florida, Tuesday morning stores, and it's it's pretty much designer stuff, and I'm not going to say it's clothes, because they do offer clothes, they have a few things, but it's more things for your home and things like that, so you might want to check there. I've bought oil paintings from there and in beautiful frames and things like that. Um, rugs is another thing to get there at a good deal, wool rugs and things like that, um, TJ Maxx has some nice rugs as well. You might look on eBay. Um, I know I was able to bid on, it wasn't eBay, but it was just an estate sale that was online, an auction, you know, where they auctioned off everything in the person's house. And I was able to get a 10 by 12 uh, foot really nice rug for Frank's Man Cave, and it was no more than $32. So, you know, you can get really good deals like that at times. Sometimes that's not the case. You know, you'll go to an estate sale and everything will be really expensive. But, you know, you just have to kind of find the right things or find the right estate sales. But anyway, 
So those are some places, you know, you can find things like rugs and oil paintings. I know at Ross and TJ Maxx has some pretty good deals on rugs and things like that. Over the years, I don't know, TJ Maxx to me seems like it's changed. It used to, they used to just have everything, you know, really nice things. And I just think it's not as good as it used to be, I find. Um, you know, I used to could walk in there and, and see a lot of nice things, you know, for a good deal. And now it's not as easy to find a good deal there. Um, and then there's Marshall's. That's another store that sells things similar to what TJ Maxx and Ross sell. And uh, so you might find some good deals there uh, if you want to save money, if you're looking for brand new items. And... Um, you know, of course, if you're looking for used items, a thrift store is going to be a great place to look. Um, a garage sale, of course, you know, you might get even better deals than in a thrift store, although a lot of times I find the thrift store may have just as good prices as a garage sale. You just never know. just depends on the person selling and if they really want to get rid of everything or maybe they're moving. Some ways you can get really good deals is if people are moving because, I mean, when I moved here, I gave a lot of stuff away for nothing, but, you know, I didn't even, you know, know about Craigslist back then. I knew about garage sales, and I did go to garage sales, you know, at times and stuff, but that was pretty much it. I had gone to auctions, too, although not often, but I had bought things at auctions, but mainly I went to garage sales and thrift stores. I did know about thrift stores back then. But I was not aware of Craigslist, so, like I say... I could have sold a lot of things instead of just giving them away. But it was um, just like I see now. A lot of people are moving, and what, for whatever reason, you know, it's the last minute or something, and they have to be out. They have to empty out the house or whatever the case may be. So they're going to almost give everything of, of theirs away, and they do. They just want to usually get rid of it, and a lot of times they will. You'll look on Craigslist if you have a, a decent Craigslist um, in your area. Some people have better ones than others. Some people, it's almost non-existent. Others, you know, it's a thriving Craigslist where they are constantly listing new things and a lot of people participate. But that might be a good search term to use is moving. You might want to look for that on Craigslist because you might could get some really good deals then. Uh, another good search term, I think, is sacrifice because, you know, people will be like, you know, oh, it's a $1,000 item and, and we're going to sacrifice it for $100 or something. So that might be a good search term to use. Um, another good one, I think, is moving out of state for Craigslist. So you might want to put that in quotes, moving out of state. You might get some really good deals that way. And then just looking in the free section on Craigslist, I'm amazed. You know, I tell Frank, if we had a way to store things, you know, a lot of times you can find stuff for free on Craigslist where people just want to get rid of something for whatever reason. I see pianos on there all the time. I see organs on there quite often. I see used mobile homes that people are giving away for free. So anybody out there interested in getting a mobile home, I'm telling you, if you can fix it up on the inside, you know, or you can hire somebody to do it, or you know somebody, or have a friend or a family member that could do it, or a bunch of people could get together and do it, you know, and help you out, and you're looking for maybe 
some land and, you know, to get a mobile home and have a bug out place or just to live out in the country because you live in a city. If I were you, I would be looking on there, you know, if I didn't mind living in a mobile home or, or having an extra mobile home to store things even, I would be looking on Craigslist in the free section and I'm telling you, every so often one comes up, it may be every two to three weeks, it may be a couple every couple of weeks or something in our area, I see those. And of course you do have to pay to move them. Sometimes they may be a distance, you know, from where you live, but you know, it all depends on what it's going to cost to move the mobile home, of course. But you may be able to get a, a much better deal doing that than you would actually going out and, and buying a mobile home without thinking of looking there. So I'm just telling you my experience, you know, things that, that I've seen in our area that you may not even be aware of. You may not be looking on Craigslist every day like I pretty much do. So you just never know. Things like that come up. Really nice things come up. Um like I say, the pianos, if you, you have a child or you know how to play the piano or you'd like to learn or maybe you know how and you don't have a piano or whatever the case may be. Maybe you're a person that would like to teach piano lessons and you would like to have an, a, a piano for your, your students to practice on or whatever. Um, you, you should look on Craigslist on the free section because there are pianos on there like crazy. I was telling Frank, you know, we could have... We could do nothing but deal in pianos that you can get for free on Craigslist um, if you had a way to store them, you know, and you had like a a good size storage place or something like that. And you could even offer them for a good price, you know, if you're getting them for free. And it's probably not going to be actually free for something like that. It just depends. I mean, you've got your time, your trouble, your gas money. Usually they'll say they can't help you load it, you know, so... It all depends. If you have to hire somebody to help you or hire somebody that has a truck or whatever to go get it, um, and then it may be a ways away. But anyway, so you can find stuff like that on there. You can find organs on there. So for anybody that's looking for something like that, and it could be anything else under the sun I see on there. I'm just amazed at the things people list for free on Craigslist. And, and a lot of times it's not because they're in a hurry and they're moving out of state or whatever whatever the case may be, maybe they just don't care. They don't want to bother trying to sell something because it is kind of a hassle, you know. And especially on Craigslist, you know, maybe they don't want to have to deal with all the hassle. So they just, a lot of times they'll just put it out on their curb or in their driveway or something like that. So the thing to do, I think, is I don't live close to where most of the things are offered on Craigslist, you know, because we live in a rural area, and it takes us about 15 minutes to get to town, but to really get to town where we like to go to buy, you know, to run errands and to buy groceries and stuff, it could take us like 40 minutes, um, so, you know, there's that factor. You may have to drive 30 minutes to an hour to to get something on Craigslist for free, you know, that's offered. But another thing I find is, you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get the best stuff like that if you're waiting, you're ready and waiting. You know, like if you can if you're gonna make up your mind, okay, I'd like to buy I'd like to get things for free on Craigslist and you know, if you if you decide to resell them or if you decide just it's something you're looking for that you need or maybe you wanna 
help somebody else out that doesn't have much money and they need an item. So if somebody's offering it for free on Craigslist or you want to help a needy family or whatever the case may be, you can do that by getting things free on Craigslist. And so I, I just find that if you're going to try to do that, for one thing, you could put an ad on Craigslist stating what it is you're looking for, you know, and you can just say um, whether you have a little bit of money or if, you, if, if really you don't have the money and you're really needy or whatever, and put it, you know, maybe in the free section or the community section. I don't know. Sometimes the free section, they may frown upon you putting that. But I do see other people putting things like that when they're in need of an item. Like, maybe they need a mattress and they don't have the money to go out and buy one. Well, if they were smart, they'd be looking on the free section on Craigslist anyway because I see those all the time. Even king-size mattresses and box springs. And... um you can also find good deals for things like that for like $50 or a barely used mattress and box springs on Craigslist, for instance. So, you know, that's just a good place to look, I think, if you're looking for a good deal. If yours is a good one like ours is, our Craigslist is, as far as there's tons of people using it and tons of people posting ads every day and, you know, people selling things. So it may not be the case in your area. I don't know. Um, I think some places... Craigslist isn't thriving like that, but whatever it is you're looking for, if I were you, um, sometimes you can find brand new items, so just because it's maybe you want a new item, you may not even think that you can find it on Craigslist, but you can. You can find new stuff. You can find new things on eBay, too, even new antique or new vintage items. I mean, I'm saying new, but, you know, antique means it's over, it's 100 years or more old. And vintage could mean, you know, even the 90s or maybe even 2000, I don't know. But um, anyway, people are always posting things that are new in the box even that may be 50 years old or something, you know. I was looking at a lot of things today like that So on on eBay and I've seen them on Craigslist. So don't count that out. Don't discount it as, oh, no, it's only going to be used things because, you know, you can a lot of times find new you can go to the advanced section, like I taught you how to do, and look for new items, too, um, you know, and and you can look for different things, like within so many miles of your zip code. Um, you can look for used items only. You can do that, too, and see what's currently selling. Instead of checking off the box that says sold items or completed items, you don't check those boxes. and. You might want to check new or you might want to check used, and then you'll see, you know, all the items that way, too. So you can use the advanced section for more than just looking up, you know, what's the highest price something sold, or you can look up what's, what's the, what is currently selling now for the lowest price, or when, you know, if you want to see the auctions that are ending the soonest, you can look for that. For only new items, for only used items, you can do buy it now only or auctions only you know you can look for things like that you can search a seller's inventory too uh, once you're on the seller's store or when you click on you know see my other items um, there'll be a thing where you can actually go to uh, I think it's an advanced section or something like that and you can search that seller's inventory easier that way so there's just a little bit of things in case you didn't know you can do those things too, but 
you know, I just find it, some people go to like Dollar Tree and dollar stores looking for things, you know, because maybe they can get a better deal there than elsewhere, so they'll check that first. Well, I think if you're going to do stuff like that and you're looking for an item, hey, go to Craigslist, type it in, see if somebody's selling it. Uh, go to the local thrift stores and see if you can find it there. I'm just amazed at the things I see at thrift stores that people just give away, you know, or that people just throw away, um, take to the dump, you know, and they'll say, this is going to the dump by such and such a time and date if you don't come and get it for free. So if I were you, I'd be looking on there every day, checking what they have. You could help somebody out even if you don't need the item. Okay, so we'll be right back. We've got an hour to go, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
right, welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com. And it is the second hour of my live show tonight on Monday, December 28th, 2015. So I was just telling you my experience and, and things that I've learned that I would do if I were you, if I was looking for something, and you may find new things on Craigslist. Um, you can do the same thing on eBay. You might find a better deal than you find in a store, um, your local area or whatever, if you don't mind waiting for it to be shipped to you. The same thing with Amazon.com. So you might want to look there. You might want to look in the thrift stores in your area. You might want to. Here's another way to get some good stuff. Um, I've, I haven't really done this, but you might can go looking for things. A lot of people are doing this. Um, find out when your local garbage collection service, you know, picks up heavy items uh, and see, you know, when that is. Um, does, is it all the time? Is it once a month or whatever? And then you can just drive around and find things that people are putting out, you know, for them to pick up. And that may be in good condition. It may be things worth some money. It may be things that you can fix up or paint, you know, and use or sell or give to somebody that's in need of that item or whatever. So that's one thing. Um, Another thing I've found is that you can go near the end of the month, usually, to condominiums, apartment complexes, places like that. Um, And you can look for things if they have like a dumpster. You can see if people have, that are moving, that have to be out, you know, by the end of the month usually, um, have put things that they no longer, you know, maybe they can't take it with them, they don't have a way to pay for all those items to be moved, you know, in the moving truck. That's what I did because I gave away a lot of my stuff because of that reason. So, you know, you might be able to find stuff like that. Um, Another place is like the elderly high-rises and assisted living places. People die. People, you know, end up moving out, but usually it's because they passed away or something. So, That is a place, you know, you might want to inquire with them and say, what happens, you know, do you ever have things that you post on your bulletin board that are for sale in that situation or whatever. A lot of times an estate person will come in and handle that, so they may just have an estate sale. A lot of times they may be donating it for free to a charity, to like um, a thrift store like Goodwill. I find that happens a lot. And in our area we have this one thrift store. It's It's a Catholic thrift store. And I find that a lot of the elderly people that live maybe in these assisted living places that maybe they have a lot of money or whatever, um, I think that they're donating a lot, especially if they're Catholic, but even non-Catholics donate to them because they, they help the homeless in our local area. So people like to donate to places that help the homeless and stuff like that. So, you know. Uh, you could just go to thrift stores and find really nice things, even antiques and vintage items. So you just never know what you're going to find. And I've done that. You know, you can find really nice antique furniture, stuff like that. I've not bought any, really, but I've seen it. You know, I don't have a way to, to do that, really. But 
anyway so you can check there if you're looking for an, a beautiful antique whatever it is you might find it at a thrift store even because I know in our thrift stores even Goodwill has them you know Goodwill even has antique and vintage items um, now I would find they seem to charge higher prices than other thrift stores a lot of times uh, for example I've seen things in there as high as you know a thousand dollars or more so it just depends they know if something's worth money and that other people are selling it on eBay or wherever Craigslist that they're, they're gonna look it up and they're gonna charge a lot of money for it so but you never know it just depends on the person pricing the item etc um, and whether their policy is to go and look things up and try to determine the value on Craigslist or not really Craigslist but more eBay and places like that so they may go to the trouble to do that they may not they also have um, they have like certain number of items that they have to put out on the selling floor I know I don't know how many it is but I've read about it before um, I think they have to put out something like one item a minute or something like that I could be wrong so you know in order to keep their jobs I think they have to put out a certain number of items in a certain length of time so they may not go or spend much time looking for what things are worth um, and I do find high prices sometimes I find prices in thrift stores where they're selling things I've seen in dollar stores for a dollar they'll sell it for two dollars so you just never know and I have found things that I loved in thrift stores that I had no idea you could get right at Dollar Tree you know for a buck and maybe they weren't selling them for a buck maybe they were less at the thrift store but one time I found just a glass a large glass mug that had like I don't know it kind of looks like it has polka dots all over it but it's not it's just kind of like the glass the way the glass is done um, it's not painted or anything but I just liked that coffee mug you know for like I don't drink coffee but more for like hot chocolate cocoa etc so um, I found that and then I was astounded because I went to Dollar Tree one day and there was my you know my beloved coffee mug and they had a ton of them for a buck so you just never know so um, by the way after Christmas sales I went to Walmart and they had 50% off on a lot of things. Not as many things as I think they should have because I know that they had a lot of things where, you know, you get bonus items because they're trying to sell them for Christmas. So they give you like a free item, stuff like that. Um, I was thinking they were going to put it for sale, but they didn't. Um, you know, like a, a good sale, like half off. But I did find, and they still have this, so you might want to check. Um, things that are like marked holiday or Christmas or something like that that have nothing to do you know they're not Christmas decorations although they had those too because because I'm not interested in those I don't celebrate Christmas or anything but I did get they had some like glass containers like glass jars with a really nice top with a rubber gasket kind of seal you know and they had that I don't know what you call them but the kind they have like a little steel piece or something to where it kind of clamps down and closes really well and you know you have to do it just right and then I got some of those and they're normally I think three dollars I got them for like a buck fifty so they have stuff like that they had their candy at half off they had all the Christmas 
you know, things that you would know would be half off. And then they had just things that, I mean, there was nothing on those glass containers. Some of them did have um, reindeers on them, they, but it was just all glass, you know, but they had like a reindeer on the, on the side and others had snowflakes. And then I looked and I found some that didn't have any design, and those are the ones that I got. So, and then they had like throws that had um, Christmas, Christmassy kind of decorations, but they were like the plush throws, like, and and we get them for our animals, you know, and stuff. But so, you know, I I didn't see anything wrong with getting something like that for our animals to to lie on or whatever. Um, and I got one of those for two fifty. The normal price is five dollars, and I had gotten one the week before for three dollars, and it was not as good of a quality as the one that I got for two fifty. So I'm going to take that one back and get if they still have them another one for two fifty, which is the much nicer kind of throw because the one that I got was just the cheap Walmart brand, you know, for two fifty. I mean, for three dollars the week before. So yeah, um, grocery stores and and um, drug stores and whatever, whoever is selling uh, department stores and Walmart, et cetera. After Christmas, you can find things that don't even have anything to do with Christmas. Maybe just the package will be kind of decorated, or they'll have a little tag that'll say Happy Holidays or something like that. You know, and they'll give it to you for half off. So, you know, you might want to go out there and look for stuff like that. Um, so they, they had stuff like that at Walmart when I did check, and I did buy a few things like that and got some good deals. So, hey, it's all about getting the good deals. Um. So I thought I would mention that, and let's see, some more things that are people are selling on um, eBay, for instance, and other places. Empty perfume bottles, um, empty bottles, period. They're selling those. Liquor bottles, beer bottles, every kind of bottle pretty much you can think of. Um, you might make more money selling them on Craigslist, eBay, or wherever, then you would turning them in and getting the deposit back, for instance. So, um, and a lot of people are using them to make things, you know, like, which I plan to do. Um, they're painting on them and selling them or decorating them and selling them. They're doing a lot of different things and then selling the items and so, uh, decoupaging on them, which I can do all of that. So, I'm, I'm, planning on doing that when I can and so anyway people are selling stuff like that um, a lot of people that craft would buy those uh, people do collect things like perfume bottles whether there's perfume in it sometimes they want the kind with the perfume so they can use the perfume but just the empty perfume bottles that you might have your wife your daughter whoever you know might have lying around and they're just gonna throw them away well hey you might find that you can sell them on eBay or Craigslist or somewhere. So, you know, like I say, sometimes people would prefer to buy them with the perfume. Sometimes they don't care. They just want the empty container. Um, so that's something that's selling. And they make a lot of fancy perfume bottles and different kinds of bottles. I'm sure cologne and stuff like that they sell too, toilet water, whatever you want to call it, you know, eau de toilette. So all these type of things you can find uh, being sold, for instance, on eBay. Um, here's just one bottle. It went for $14. Here's 
and it was an empty um, Gucci Envy perfume bottle, 50 milliliter. Um, so that went for 14, free shipping on eBay, April 25th. And then somebody else sold a vintage Chanel number no. five perfume bottle, one ounce size, all crystal, they say, and it went for $12 and just $2 for shipping. Um, so you just never know. Uh, things like that are highly collectible. You know, if they're a fancy bottle especially or a well-known brand or something like that. So instead of just throwing them out, you might want to start saving them and then sell them. Uh, usually things go for more money when they're sold by the piece rather than by a lot of a whole bunch of them. Although a lot of people do collect a whole lot of something or maybe they bought them from a collector that had a lot of them or something like that or they went to an estate sale where there was a lot of things people collect, and then they'll sell them in a huge lot. And they'll, you know, I think they could do much better selling them one at a time, but maybe they would prefer to have hundreds of dollars instead of waiting for each individual item to sell. So that's something to think about. If you need the money, you'd rather not wait a long time. You just want to find somebody that's going to buy it all from you and give you a whole bunch of money. But you would make probably a lot more money if you were patient and you sold them one at a time or something. So it just depends on how badly you need the money or whether you want to fool with listing all the items separately or just make it easy on yourself, sell it all in one huge lot. So there's that. Um, and people do sell big lots of just everything you can think of. Um, for instance, vintage cookware, uh, revereware. I don't know how many of you are familiar with that, but I have a lot of that. And it's very in demand and highly collectible. And it's just stainless steel cooking cookware, um, you know, kind of vintage. Uh, I don't know if they're still making it or not, but it was it's really popular. And um, they have anniversary and commemorative editions and all that. And, and I see them even listed on eBay, new in the box, you know, from the 70s or, or before the 60s sometimes. So you, you have to learn, you know, because some of them will be like pre-1960 whatever, they'll say. So you need to learn how to identify which ones those are. But, hey, even the ones that weren't from before whatever time in 1960 are selling for a lot of money. In fact, I was in a store um, with Frank on Saturday, and we went to the store where they had booths, where people are, have individual sellers, you know, with their booths and their and there's one person in there, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, but there's their little booth. They have it jam-packed full of things like Revere wear and um, Corning wear, Pyrex, which are all highly collectible. And he had a, I believe it was a 16-quart pot, um, and it had a lid, and it was a vintage Revere wear pot. He was selling it for $150. So you might think just some, you know, pot or something doesn't go for very much money, but I think $150 is a lot of money. And I've seen even higher priced ones, and I a lot of his things to me are very expensive. I mean, I can find the things he's selling for a lot less money usually, just going to a thrift store or something, and that's probably what he's doing. Or he's going to garage sales, or he's going to eBay and getting good deals on stuff and then reselling them for a lot more money. Because, you know, a little pot or something, he might be selling for 20 bucks or whatever. 
that I could find maybe in a thrift store for, it all depends, 5 or $10, you know. So, and just the lids. See, people don't think about things. You might just have a lid to something and you don't have the original pot that the lid goes on. Well, that lid might go for 4 to $15 or more on eBay, like a lid for Revereware or some other type of, you know, cookware. So just because you don't have the pot doesn't mean you need to throw away the lid, you know. And that's something else you can look for in thrift stores. There's always lids. At least the thrift stores I go to, they sell lids separately. So, you know, if you know what kind of lids to look for and what they look like and things like that, you can just get a whole bunch of lids and start selling those. People will buy them because when they lose their lid, they're going to want to replace it. Or maybe they bought one in a thrift store and they didn't have a lid with it. Or at a garage sale or at an auction or wherever, an estate sale. And they would like to have the lid, the original lid that went with it. So that's something else you can sell and you can look for and you can buy if you need one. They're selling the knobs for the lid too. Okay? Even things like that. Just the knob that goes on the lid that goes on a pot to cook with. They're selling any kind of replacement part, the the handle. They'll sell the handles. So you might have things like that or, or know what they look like and you find them in a store, then you can put them on eBay and sell them. Another thing that's selling, believe it or not, not something I would ever buy or sell, but they're selling underwear, <laughs> which is kind of funny. They're selling underwear on eBay, even old granny panties, they're calling them, so... Hey, uh, somebody sold a lot of granny panties and different things like that. Only eight pair went for 86 bucks and $8 shipping on eBay. So um, somebody else sold a vintage lot of mixed brands of women's panties. 50 pair for 90 bucks and 11 shipping. I don't think that's much money. You know, not. I wouldn't sell them anyway, but... I'm amazed that people buy things like that, you know. But, uh, yeah, they sell those in thrift stores, too. It sounds like we're taking a break, so we'll be right back.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Starry, starry night Paint your palette blue and gray Look out on a summer's day With eyes that know the darkness in my soul Shadows on the hills Sketch the trees and the daffodils Catch the breeze and the winter chill in colors on the snowy linen land Now I understand What you tried to say to me And how you suffered for your sanity And how you tried to set them free They would not listen, they did not know how 
Roxanne, and it is the last part of my live show tonight on Monday, December 28th, 2015. So I was just telling you about different things that are selling on eBay that you might be surprised that people are selling. And during the break, I did just happen to see, I, I did a little search for Thanks for sale, not really for sale, but on our local Craigslist in Medford, Oregon. And I had seen this ad uh, posted. This one does not have a picture, but a lot of times, or, you know, I, I do find a lot of times when they have free mobile homes for sale that they will have a picture or several pictures of the outside, the inside, et cetera. This one does not have any pictures, but... Um, 
It's still listed, from what I can tell, and it was posted eight days ago. Craigslist will tell you when the ad was posted. And when you look down at the bottom, you can tell the date it was posted. The top will tell you how many days ago it was posted, or they'll tell you when it was renewed. So, you know, they might post an ad and then renew it without having to, you know, type everything in. They can just push a little button that says renew the ad, and then it'll jump back to the top of that category, et cetera, as far as I know. Um, but this was eight days ago on December 20th, 2015. Somebody listed a free mobile home on our Medford area Craigslist. And it says free mobile home, 8 by 40, must be moved. Home has a decent bathroom, good stove and refrigerator, a good home for a good price, zero. Must be moved, Ashland. There are wood attachments, which is part of enlargement of home, also must be moved. So that's just one example of like a local ad that they have been giving away a free mobile home. And I've seen others a lot bigger than 8 by 40 for free on Craigslist. So for those of you, and I know there's a lot of you out there that want to move from the city to the country, you might want to start looking on Craigslist to try to get a free mobile home, even while you're building your house, or even just to store things, whatever, you know, um, or maybe at your bug out location or whatever. I know a lot of people are doing that. They're getting land, they're getting mobile homes to bug out, you know, to go to. So this is something you might want to keep in mind um, because, yeah, you could pay somebody, but if you can get it for free, why not get it for free? And if, especially if you can fix it up, you know, if you're good at that type of thing, you're good at carpentry or building things, et cetera. Um, you could totally gut it, redo it, you know. You could even get your supplies, your materials from Craigslist for free or at a really good price. That's another thing you might want to look for. If you're not used to using Craigslist or you've never really looked or whatever, if you have a decent Craigslist in your area, which you can just go to craigslist.org and then look for your state and then look for the closest nearby city, that's listed, and then you're going to want to save that. You know, you don't want to go to Craigslist.org each time. You want to go. You want to go to your nearest Craigslist, you know, city listed. So just bookmark that, or put a little uh, shortcut or whatever on your desktop. Uh, put it in your links bar. That's what I do. So it's right at the top of my page, and you can just click on, you know, the little Craigslist icon, which is a peace sign, which I'm not fond of, but that's what they use, so, um, because that's a broken cross and all kind of bad things, uh, that's what that symbolizes, so, but yeah, so just, um, look on there, because they have all kinds of materials that people are giving away, I mean, I'm sure there's people that have built homes out of nothing but free materials they've gotten from Craigslist and elsewhere, so, I've seen them, in fact, um, on YouTube, etc. So if you're looking to make a, a brick pizza oven outside or something like that, you might want to just get your bricks for free from Craigslist. That's something Frank and I would like to do. So I'm going to start looking for bricks to collect to do that on Craigslist. And, you know, they'll they'll do that. They may just have a few bricks, 20 bricks, 25, 50 bricks or whatever, you know, when people are redoing stuff, remodeling, whatever, 
Um, sometimes they'll give away all the appliances when they're doing a remodel and they'll put them on the free section of Craigslist. Other times they're going to charge you a certain amount of money or maybe it's going to be really cheap. Maybe you can get, you know, things that would have cost you um, $1,200, $1,500. You might get them for 500 you know, by looking on Craigslist or whatever. You know, sometimes you'll get things for 50 bucks that, you know, on eBay would be going for 500 You just never know. So to me, Craigslist is a great resource to look for things or to sell things or to buy things or to get things for free. So don't forget about Craigslist. Um, let's see here. I'm just going to pick a random thing and go to it on Craigslist and see what they have available. Um, but for instance, on the free section right now on Craigslist, let's just see what they have here. Um, on our local Craigslist in Medford, Oregon. Um, for some reason, it took me to the wrong category. Okay. Um, but they have a farm and garden category. Ours does. I'm sure probably all of them do, maybe. Unless you're in, like, New York City or something. But even then, you never know. They have all kind of things on there. You can even find raw milk and things like that. Um, you know, you can type that in and look for that and see where people in your area have that available, even raw goat's milk, etc. So, um, by the way, we got some raw cheese, uh, five pounds of it, which I didn't even know was legal to sell in Oregon. Maybe it is. I don't know, because our grocery store was selling it. I happened to find it. I think it was sharp white cheddar, five pounds, and it was like a really great deal. I forget exactly what it was, maybe 10, 11 bucks or something for five pounds, and it was raw. So... You know, no growth hormones, hasn't been pasteurized or anything. Um, so we got a good deal on that. Um, so right now on the free section of our Craigslist, somebody is giving away a Kenmore uh, vacuum cleaner, free fill dirt, free lawnmowers, looks like three for free, free ironing board, a free crock pot, and this is a... Looks like a pretty nice crock pot, which they're cheap anyway in the stores, and you can find, sometimes you can find them in thrift stores. Some thrift stores, like Goodwill, have quit selling those, I've noticed. They'll just sell you the inner crock, the stoneware that goes in the oven, etc. You can use that for cooking things like bread in the oven. So, you know, if you see one of those, hey, you might want to get it just to do that. Um, but for some reason, I don't know why, they're not selling the outer crock anymore that has all the, you know, the dials and stuff like that. So, but they are giving one away here. Um, it says works great, no lid, broke lid day before Christmas. So that's why they're giving it away. So you could probably go find that lid or order the lid from the manufacturer or um, go to eBay or someplace and, and try to find that particular lid. I don't know how easy it would be. And if it was a plastic lid, I'd try to get a glass one to replace it anyway because I don't think a plastic lid, you know, on a crock pot's a good thing. I prefer to get the ones with the, the glass lids. I think it's a lot healthier. But anyway, but people are using um, crock pots and rice pots to make things like hemp oil, I know, which I shouldn't say the C word, but it gets rid of cancer. So, hey, that's something you might want to look into. 
or just have around as, you know, for that purpose if you ever need it, especially if you live in a state where, you know, recreational marijuana is legal now or you can get, you know, whatever it is you need um, to do that with. And then look up Rick Simpson and his his technique. I know there's a lot of people that know how to do it, but he's pretty famous for that, for helping people to get rid of their cancer and showing them how to do that and to make their own, you know, stuff to do that with. So um, in our state, you cannot get hemp. Uh, you can get hemp oil, I think, but you can't get, I don't know what they call it. It might be called cannabis oil or something like that. Um, but only the medical marijuana patients who are registered as medical marijuana patients can buy that. But it's something like, it, I mean, they sell them things that are like 75% THC or something, which they won't sell to just whoever. But anyway, so there's this free crock pot on here. Um, that's another thing, but it doesn't have a lid, so I wouldn't even bother with that. Um, there's a free large oversized chair, free large chair and ottoman. And they look pretty nice. Uh, queen box springs, free wood scrap. A lot of people are, like, they'll have trees that they got cut down, and they didn't want to pay the arborist or whatever to cut the trees up, you know? So they'll just say, hey, free firewood, you know? Bring your chainsaw. Come and get it if you know what you're doing. Or they'll even ask you to fell the tree, which I don't. I wouldn't be comfortable doing that unless they knew what they were doing, and maybe, you know, they do it for free in exchange for the wood. But anyway, people have, I've seen ads for that where, Instead of paying somebody a lot of money to come out and fell your trees for you, um, you just hey if you if you don't if you're not worried about it or you make sure that they're a licensed professional and know what they're doing, um, they'll come out and do it if you can find somebody. Anyway, I've seen ads for it on Craigslist where you know you just have them to to cut the trees down and saw them up or whatever, take them away and give it to them for free so that you get that taken care of or give you part of the wood, you know, and they'll take part of it and stuff like that. So that's another thing you might be interested in. Um, somebody's giving away a cabinet, free chairs, guinea pig and cage, uh, free mattresses, a free futon, couch and loveseat, free horse or cow manure, free 55-inch Hitachi TV, um, 50-plus moving boxes. That's another thing. If you're looking for moving boxes and you don't want to go pay a heck of a lot of money, which they cost a lot, they do cost a lot. Um, at places like U-Haul or Lowe's or office supply stores or wherever that sell moving boxes, Walmart sells them. You can even get moving boxes at the dollar store, but they're not really they're not really moving boxes. But they do have little boxes at the Dollar Tree. I know in our area that are pretty, you know cheaper than some of the stores around here sell them for so that's something you might want to look if you just need little boxes um for a buck but yeah moving boxes is a great thing that you can get on craigslist i see them quite often um like this one here 50 plus moving boxes plus packing material a lot of times they'll have pictures so you know what you're getting before you drive you know a long ways or something like that you know i prefer to have a picture of something you know, if at all possible, because I don't want to waste my time going somewhere and then you get there and it's, you know, nothing that you would want or it's got a lot of problems or it's in terrible condition or 
it's all broken or whatever. So, a lot of these don't have pictures, but so a lot of times they do. Free clothes. Um, so, anyway, yeah, you you know, you might save $100 or $200 or more by getting free moving boxes and packing material or a few hundred dollars. And if you get, you know, 50 boxes from this person and 50 from another and 25 from another, that may cover all the costs as far as your moving boxes. Sometimes they even give you the free packing material, the bubble wrap, the, you know, um whatever you call it, the packing paper, stuff like that, because it all adds up, and, you know, or maybe you just need some boxes to store your stuff in, um, you know, and for one thing, if you're looking for 18-gallon totes, I have found Walmart in our area has them for a pretty good deal. They're like five bucks, and one of our Walmarts in Eagle Point has them for $4.50, a certain color black. So it's 50 cents cheaper than some other Walmarts in our area for the same exact thing. It's just they're black. But, um, yeah, our Walmarts do not compete with each other. They just compete with stores around them. So they'll have different prices for different items, and they don't all carry the same thing, which is upsetting kind of to me because, you know, if you buy something and you need to take it back and you don't even remember which Walmart you took it to, I mean, you bought it from, um, and you might have your original receipt and the whole nine yards. You'll go there to take it back, and they will not allow you to return it. That happened to me once. I tried to take back some uh, brand-new item that I had the receipt for that I had just bought, you know, like a week or two ago. And they, they're they like, nope, we don't have it. You must have bought it at another Walmart. You'll have to take it back to that Walmart. So, you know, I didn't make a scene or say anything, but... I'm just saying, to me, if it's a corporation and there's stores all over the country and world, they should take back an item that you bought at one of their stores. Because I know they do that for people that buy things, like, and send them in the mail as a present, like for Christmas or whatever. And people return things that doesn't fit or they didn't like the item or stuff like that. You know, so I don't get how they can do that. And another time, one time years ago, they actually, <laughs> I would have raised cane about it now, but back then I didn't. I took something back, and they told me I had to find something in the same department, you know, or they wouldn't let me, you know, exchange it for anything, except for in that one department. So, that was ridiculous. That was Target. Anyway, so check Craigslist. It's a great resource to buy, to sell, and find free items, to find a free mobile home, even. You just never know what you're going to see on there, so... If you're not looking on there every day, maybe you should start, you know. Or if you know somebody else that might be interested in that, you might want to tell them about it. Maybe they don't even know about Craigslist or whatever. Um, but anyway, so I'd start looking there. You might find some good deals. You might start your own business making some money, even just buying stuff and reselling it for more money. People do that every day. They go to eBay. They get a good deal on something. Or they go to a thrift shop. They get a good deal. Garage sale, whatever. And then they resell it for more money, you know. And you just make a little bit of extra money on the side. So it's about time to end my show tonight. It flew by. Um, so anyway, I'm hoping that you're learning something. Maybe just a place to get a good deal or some good deals I mentioned or Things that you might not have thought of that you could sell or that are valuable or whatever. So, um, anyway, 
you know, check these things out, learn what they're going for, and even if you don't want to sell it and make some money, you could give it to somebody that would like to, you know, or maybe you didn't know it was worth anything, and now you have learned differently. So check the worth of items on eBay, for instance, um, you know, before you just chunk it or throw it out or whatever. Maybe you want to give it away to somebody instead of just throwing it away. You know, just try to save the landfills because people throw things away every day that are unbelievable that might be worth $100,000 at times. So, anyway, Frank is coming up next, the owner of AVR, for two hours with his show, The Frank Report. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful night.
This radio network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Monday, December 28, 2015. It's about nine minutes after 8 p.m. Pacific time. That's when it is where you're at. We are, in fact, live. And uh, let's see here. Uh, you can also, uh, let's see here, 800-932-81980. 800-932-1980. That's the call-in number, if you were wondering. It is toll-free. can also uh, participate in the show or just hang out with some other people, discuss things, chat in our chat room located at theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link. Just click it. In you go. There you are. You can also contact me uh, directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is A-V-R-N Talk. All right. So, there we go. And yes, it has, this this song has been my intro for over a month. And, uh, I don't know, that's because I like it. So... You know, it'll probably be my intro till I, you know, start getting tired of it, and then I'll change it. I said I thought I might change my intro every month, but I don't know. I, you know, some of them, yeah, I get them and turn out, eh, I liked it a couple of times, but it's getting old. I like this one, and, uh, you know, it has been over a month, and it's not old yet to me anyway, so we'll keep it for a while. Until I find something I might like better, which, uh, I don't know, I haven't really been looking. But anyway, let's get to some things and stuff and, and uh, you know, I guess what passes for news. Oh, here's the shocker. <laughs> okay. Now, this comes from our, uh, the Russian news uh, agency, TASS. But... uh the headline is, Russian Defense Ministry accuses the Pentagon of imitating a fight against the Islamic State. Yep, Russian Defense Ministry spokesman thus commented regarding the recent statement by the Pentagon spokesperson who confirmed that the U.S. didn't intend to share the information on ISIS targets with Moscow. 
Well, that's because they don't have any. Okay? They don't have any targets of ISIS. They're not going to bomb their own people. How? Look, uh, I don't know how much longer people are going to be really stupid and think that ISIS is some sort of Islamic organization bent on, uh, I don't know, spreading Islam worldwide, taking over the world, or whatever they think. I don't know what they think, because, look, it is the shadow military of the United States federal government. Now, you can say the CIA, you can say, you know, you can name whoever you want, but it's the federal government of the United States. These are proxy armies for them. Just like Al-Qaeda was, you know, Al-Qaeda. You know, I I mean, it's... Look, they've been caught red-handed giving ISIS weapons, giving ISIS food, giving ISIS money. All ISIS's matching white Toyota trucks came from the United States. You know, give me a break. The Pentagon, refusing to transfer the data on terrorist targets in Syria to the Russian military, continues to fight against the Islamic State terrorist group in word only, Russian Defense Ministry spokesman told reporters on Monday. In other words, okay, it's not in word only. They're just telling you a story on the news, and what they're doing is absolutely opposite. And the Russians are trying to tell you, dummies, you know, get this whole Soviet Union, Cold War, evil empire crap out of your head. That might have been true at one time. But you know what? I believed it was. And, you know, I'm not so sure anymore. I'm not so sure that, you know, the Soviet Union was really ever the boogeyman. Now that, you know, documents are being released, you know, after 50 years, so everybody's dead, nobody can go to prison. We're finding out that, hey, you know, a lot of these things that we were blaming Russia for, actually the United States instigated, like the whole Cuban Missile Crisis. And, you know, this... this this was released many, many years ago, because I remember knowing about it many, many, many years ago. But 10, 15 years ago, the whole Cuban Missile Crisis happened not because Russia wanted to get into the Caribbean and start, you know, muscling in on the United States' uh, you know, action over here or anything like that. They did it in retaliation because the United States put intercontinental ballistic missiles in Turkey. Well, they probably weren't intercontinental ballistic missiles, but they were ballistic missiles with nuclear tips on them that could reach Moscow and other targets in the Soviet Union from Turkey, which is uh, a lot closer than, say, Nebraska, right? So Russia decided, oh, okay, so that's how you want it? You want to put nuclear missiles on our doorstep? Fine, let's see how you like it. So they came to Cuba because it was the closest satellite you know, country they had to the United States. And that's what they did. And then, of course, you know, the Pentagon threw a big hissy fit over it because, hey, wait a minute. That's not fair. It's okay for us to put missiles on your doorstep, but you can't put them on ours. Wait a minute. Yeah, well, wait a minute. Guess what the deal was? 
you know, we're we're told this bunch of Manola about how, uh, oh yeah, uh, Kennedy was such a big tough guy. He stood down Khrushchev, and Khrushchev went cowering away like a little girl because we're the United States, rah rah, sis boom ba, you know, and all that good stuff. And I bought this hook, line, and sinker as a kid, folks. I did. But the real deal was this. Khrushchev said, listen, you get those missiles out of Turkey and we'll take the missiles out of Cuba. Period. That's it. There is no other negotiation. There is no other issues. And the United States said, okay, but this is a secret deal. You can't tell anybody or the deal's off. This doesn't get out that this is the deal we made. You're just going to agree to take your missiles out of Cuba, and we're going to leave it at that. And Russia didn't care. Fine, fine. Look like the big hero, you propaganda phony. But go ahead, because we just want those missiles off our front door, because you're a bunch of maniacs. And they are a bunch of maniacs. But you see, so many people today are still living in that fantasy, raw, raw, cis, boom, ba, red, white, and blue, uh, you know, flag-waving morons that I was when I was, uh, you know, 16, 17 years old. I mean, I've told the story before. I had an opportunity, and I took it, and went to Finland with my mother and my grandmother and grandfather. And while we were there, I had an opportunity... My mother thought it would be, you know, a fun trip to take a uh, a ferry from Helsinki over to uh, what was called at the time Stalingrad, or was it, no, Leningrad? Len, I think Leningrad. It's St. Petersburg now. And it was really the only city open to tourism, you know, during the uh, Soviet Union time. I refused. I wouldn't go. I'm not going to Russia. I'm not going to the Soviet Union. They're the evil empire. They're the bad guys. I'm not going anywhere near them. Darn commies. Yeah, so I didn't go. Boy, oh boy. Anyhow, uh, let's see. So, they go on. Uh... He does comment an unrecent statement by the Pentagon spokesperson, Michelle Baldenza, who confirmed that the U.S. military did not intend to share with Moscow the information on ISIS targets until Russia changes its policy towards Syrian President Bashar Assad. We are not going to cooperate with Russia on Syria until they change their strategy of supporting Assad and instead focus on ISIS. So if we don't get regime change, we're not getting rid of ISIS. That's what ISIS is there for. That's why the United States government created ISIS. They created ISIS to topple the regime. That way they don't get blamed. That way they can say, well, it wasn't us. Oh, and that way they can't get charged with any uh, crimes against humanity or violations of international law or anything else. You see, they know they're criminals. They know what they're doing is criminal. So 
they're doing it through a proxy called ISIS that they created, they funded, and they supply and train. Pretty slick deal, but they're not fooling anybody. The Hackney thesis has once again confirmed that the Pentagon will fight against ISIS in word only. Instead of taking real action, uh, Russia's uh, minister said, the statement by the U.S. Defense Department spokesman about the U.S. refusal uh, from any cooperation in the fight against ISIS is a broken record, and it's high time to change it, he said. The Russian Defense Ministry spokesman said that last week's news briefing on the Chief of Main Operations Directorate of the Russian General Staff, uh, the military presented data on changes in the routes of illegal transportation of oil by by ISIS. According to the Russian Defense Ministry, the new routes run through the northwestern regions of Iraq, which are in the focus of constant attention of the United States. So what has ISIS done? They've changed their routes so that the United States military can now protect them. We publicly told our American colleagues that it is necessary not to discuss the ISIS activities in Iraq, but to take real action to block the terrorist sources of income in the region. On December 25th, Sergei Rutsko Rutskoy told journalists that Russian intelligence found almost 12,000 tank delivery trucks on the Turkish-Iraqi border near Zakho, where the eastern oil smuggling route is used by ISIS terrorist group runs. As of the time the imagery was shot, there were 11,775 tank and delivery trucks on both sides of the Turkish-Iraqi border in the vicinity of Sakho, with 4,530 of them in Turkey and 7,250 of them in Iraq, he added. It is worth mentioning that oil extracted both in Iraq and in Syria is smuggled via the checkpoint there. See, these guys got the whole thing down, and they're telling everybody, listen, this is where they're going. Now they've changed their route, and they're running up so they can get American protection all the way through Iraq and all the way into Turkey because, well, Turkey's a part of NATO. And if Russia attacks Turkey, that's like attacking the United States because they're part of NATO. I mean, come on, folks. How much more obvious does this have to get? All that oil that was supposedly going to pay for the United States Army to liberate Iraq now is going to ISIS. Oh, and uh, the United States, we're not giving them any money. Of course not. We're just giving them the Iraqi oil and protecting them into Turkey so they can sell it. The Defense Ministry had previously uh, said previously that the Russian banned Islamic State's eastern oil smuggling route led from the oil fields in Syria's northeast and Iraq's northwest to Turkey via the border known as Karachok. Uh, Since the beginning of the operation in Syria, Russian aircraft had taken out around 2,000 tank trucks operated by the militants, 37 oil wells and refineries operated by the terrorists, and 17 tank truck convoys hauling oil products have been eliminated over the last week. The Russian military launched an air operation against the militants with Islamic State and... uh, al-Nusra in Syria on September 30th by request of Syrian President Assad. 
The Russian Air Task Force in Syria included over 50 aircraft, including the Su-34, the NATO calls it the fullback, and the Su-24M, they call it the fencer, tactical bombers, Su-25 frog-foot attack aircraft, Su-30SM, uh, they call it the flanker H, and mini-roll fighters, and M-8 and M-24 helicopters. That's the, the M-24 is the big hind uh, air tank, basically. The Russian Defense Ministry issued a statement in mid-November that it would focus its strikes on oil production, storage, refining, and transportation facilities controlled by ISIS. Well, there you have it, folks. I mean, come on. This is clear. It's not only clear that Russia's being serious about going after this, it's also clear that the United States is being serious about protecting ISIS. Okay? All right, let's see. Okay, I'm not going to read this, but the headline, Captured Fighter, says he was trained in Turkey. Remember, Turkey is a NATO partner. Do you see how they've got this thing set up, folks? Because nobody can do anything to a NATO partner. Because their charter says, you know, if you're a member, anybody attacks you, that's like attacking everybody. Yeah, I wonder how, uh, I wonder how Germany and the rest of Europe would feel about, you know, Russia just rolling into Turkey and kicking the crap out of them, huh? I wonder. I wonder if they would stand up and go, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to do something about this now because Russia just uh, violated a NATO country." I know the United States would cry like a little girl, but uh, would 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 Europe or would they see? Wait a minute. You know these these terrorists that the United States are funding, supplying, and protecting are a real problem. And, uh, hey, we buy a lot of oil from Russia. You see, this is, look, let me explain this to you. And you can argue with me all day long and come up with a lot of other scenarios, but I know one thing. I've done my homework about this, and I know this is what's going on. Now, I might not have every detail. Basically, Saudi Arabia wants a pipeline going through Syria so they can sell gas and oil to Europe. Saudi Arabia is an ally of the United States. The United States has an agenda to not allow Russia to gain any traction and influence with Europe. As Europe's main natural gas supplier, Russia has that. The United States wants to damage that. They want that pipeline so their buddy, Saudi Arabia, can start selling natural gas and oil to Europe and that way diminish Russia's influence. Because, you see, if I'm supplying you with all your natural gas... You're not that likely, especially in the middle of the winter, to tell me, uh, hey, 
you better stop what you're doing or else we won't buy any more natural gas from you. Yeah, okay, good. Have fun with that. So the United States' agenda is to basically edge Russia out. Russia has always been the United States' enemy. Now, when I was a kid, I thought it was justified. Now, I'm not so sure. But this is what it's all about. Because look in the Ukraine. Do you know what goes through the Ukraine? Pipelines. Yeah, from the Russian oil fields to where? Europe. That's right. I mean, look at where the places the United States has overturned governments, and you will see this is a strategic agenda about oil supply. See, Europe needs oil. Europe has no resources of their own, pretty much. Russia is, you know, actually, there is no such thing as Europe. It's all Asia. But uh, they like to be called Europeans, but they're really Asians because that's the continent, and and so is uh, you know so is Russia. That's Asia. You know, mountain ranges don't make for oh now this is a new continent. No, that's not how continents work. But anyway, so it's a political divide, and they call it Europe. The natural supplier would be Russia because basically <laughs> they are European. I mean, technically, Europe goes all the way to the Ural Mountains, okay? But see, the United States, if you've noticed, is against everything that is natural. They back the United Nations, which is an unnatural uh, organization, because what they promote is unnatural. Because what is natural is for people to separate themselves into their like groups. It's kind of like that game where you put things and go, okay, what in this picture doesn't belong? Right? People naturally hang out with people that look like them, think like them, talk like them, you know, on and on. That is natural, whether you like it or not. And people can still trade and visit, vacation wherever they like, and they can get along just fine. But where they live, they usually, if they can, live around people like them. They don't go to look for people as different as them as they can find, and yeah, boy, that's who I want to live next to. No, nobody does that. But that's what the UN does. That's what the you, look what the government is doing. They're shipping in refugees from Syria and putting them in places like Minnesota and Maine. Really? Why? I mean, you're taking desert dwellers and moving them to Minnesota? <laughs> And 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 Michigan? Really? Why? Oh, that's about as different as you can get. This is their thing. They 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 want Oh, it's diversity. It's not diversity, it's mongrelization. Or what they call that when they did it in Europe. I forget, but everybody knows what I mean. It's unnatural, and it's destructive. 
and it always ends badly. Balkanization, that's it. Well, we got to take a break, and when we come back, we'll get with what's next on gun control, Obama and the loophole. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, let's see here. We're going to play Stump the Room, and uh, we'll be back in just a few.
Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still Monday, December 28, 2015. It's about 8.41 and a half out here on the Pacific Time Coast, if that's all true where you're at. We are live, which means you can call in 800-932-1980. You can also go join us all in the chat room TheAmericanVoice.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com. You'll see the chat link. Click it. You're in there. can contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is AVRN Talk. And uh, when you're on the website, you'll see uh, we have email. You can use that, too. Uh, you know, but... Uh, actually, the instant messenger is probably you're going to get a response faster. But let's get to Stump the Room. The first song there was Boxcar by Nobody. There were some good guesses, though, uh, but wrong. It was by a band called Glass Cans with a K. That's Cans with a K. The second one there is obviously a cover of Subterranean Homesick Blues, which is Bob Dylan's, you know, one of his famous songs. Uh, But this version was actually done by some famous people, uh, too. You've heard of uh, Harry Nielsen, right? Maybe you haven't. Maybe you have. He wasn't a very commercialized musician, but he was really talented, and he did a lot of good work, and he had a lot of admiration from people who were in music, including the Beatles, all right? And uh, this song here was Harry Nielsen, Ringo Starr was on the drums, and John Lennon actually produced it. So that's that song. So you can say it's obscure, but it's really not obscure. I mean, because these guys are pretty famous, you know. I mean, the Beatles? <laughs> Man, you got to admit, you like them or not, you know, they're pretty famous. So anyway, there we have it, 2-0. Now let's get on to what's next on gun control, Obama and the loophole. Yep, the next shoe to drop on gun control may come by mid-January when President Barack Hussein Obama is expected to issue an executive order requiring everyone in the business of selling firearms to perform background checks. Well, Pally, I got news for you, monkey man. If I want to sell my private property, that doesn't make me in the business, okay? Any more than if I want to sell my car, it doesn't make me a car dealership. Wait a second. You might be saying, doesn't federal law already oblige gun retailers to do computerized criminal checks via the Federal Bureau of Investigation database? Well, yes and no. Yes, when it comes to federally licensed dealers, but no, when you're talking about people who lack federal licenses and sell guns from their personal collections. Oh, we're calling that in business now? I'm sorry. You know what else? I'd like to know where President Barack Insane Obama thinks that he has the jurisdiction or authority to do that. If I'm selling guns inside my state, the federal government's got nothing to say about nothing. The problem is that an 
awful lot of firearms are sold in the latter fashion by individuals who aren't technically gun retailers, but who sell weapons at weekend gun shows or from their homes. Forthcoming research at the Harvard School of Public Health estimates that 40% of all gun transfers occur without background checks. That's the so-called gun show loophole. And how do they know that? I mean, so far, look what we know. Individuals aren't technically gun retailers who sell weapons at weekend gun shows or from their homes. How in the hell does Harvard School of Public Health, oh, I see, they estimate. Yeah, in other words, they're making it up. That 40% of all gun transfers occur without background checks. Presumably, the background check gap permits some criminals and mentally disabled people to buy guns who otherwise might be stopped. Following another year of shooting massacres of Americans, Obama has let it be known from his, his holiday retreat in Hawaii through unidentified advisors that soon after New, York, New Year's Day, he plans to follow through on plans to expand the definition of who's in the business of selling firearms and who's thus required to perform background checks. Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, among others, has strongly backed this idea. And now, you know what? I'll go for that after Obama get disarms his Secret Service. That's right. Disarm the Secret Service. You can still keep them. They can still dress in black coats and black, you know, sunglasses and look all imposing and stuff. But they can't have guns. You can even give them all. Give them all knives. But until he does that, screw you, buddy. Among others, has strongly backed this deer. And now Obama appears ready to make it its implementation, one of the first major acts in its final year in office. Uh, excuse me, how exactly does he have the authority to do that by executive order? Uh, how exactly does Congress have the authority to do that anyway? Now, if you're a federally licensed gun dealer, fine, you have to go by federal rules. But if you're selling anything within the states... What's the federal government got to say about anything? What's next? Really? Now, listen, the state of Oregon, and I don't know if this has changed, but I know up till 10 years ago or so it was this way. I don't know if it's still this way, but here in Oregon, you know, if you want to, if you think, okay, you know what, I've got a knack for this, I could sell cars. I could buy used cars and sell them, clean them up, do some maintenance, and sell them for way more than I bought. Well, okay, you would get what's called a wholesale license. But you are allowed to do that here in Oregon. And, and you know, I'm talking about buying a car, getting it re-titled uh, you know, re, uh, in your name, and then reselling it. You can do that nine times before you need a license in a year. Nine times in a year. So you can sell nine cars in a year without getting a license. Well, wait a minute. You know, 
more people are killed in automobiles than uh, uh, than guns any day. How how come the federal government can just walk into any state and say, uh, if you're selling your gun out of your house to your neighbor, you're going to have to do a background check on them because we says so. Again, I got two words for them. Screw you. The timing of the expected Obama move on background checks guarantees it will receive a hostile reaction from gun rights advocates, thousands of whom will gather next month in Las Vegas for the firearm industry's annual shooting, hunting, and outdoor trade show known as SHOT. An ironic twist is that many of the attendees at SHOT each year are federally licensed bricks and mortar gun dealers who sometimes concede privately that they have no real problem with all gun sellers being forced to do background checks. Of course not, because that levels the playing field. Except, see, they make their living selling guns. So that's the cost of business for them. But if you're just going to sell, you know, one gun, who's paying for this background check? Is it free? Because if it ain't free, sorry, you know what? The Supreme Court said the federal government can't march into any state and tell the state, listen, you're going to do this, and it's going to cost you, but too bad. We want it, and you're going to do it. The Supreme Court said, no, you don't. Matter of fact, even if you're willing to pay for it, you can't come in and, and order the states to do anything. Now, you can bribe them. You can say, well, we won't give you any more road money unless you put Social Security numbers on every driver license. Oh, well, we won't give you any education money if you don't start teaching the kids to skip over words that they don't know instead of looking them up. Oh, yeah. They can do that, and they do that. So wait a minute. If the federal government can't march into a state and tell the state what's what and how they're going to do it, what makes this president think that he can march into a state and tell the people what to do, and oh, by the way, you're going to have to pay for it. Another fan of expanded background checks, of course, is the communist Michael Bloomberg. Oh, let's see. Bloomberg visited Obama at the White House last week to discuss gun safety strategies. The timing of the expected Obama move on background checks guarantees it will receive a hostile reaction. Let's see. The National Rifle Association's orthodoxy, well, whatever, that an additional gun control is merely the first step toward bans and confiscations. Yeah, they ought to know because they haven't seen a gun law that they didn't say was okay for, what, 30 years. The National Rifle Association is just as much a problem in this as Obama is. They have compromised and allowed every one of these things instead of just saying no, 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 no. They say, well, you know, oh, maybe a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know. Okay, so the government comes, they want 100%. The National Rifle Association only agrees to 50. So the federal government takes it. Next year, they come back with another 100%, and they get 50. You get in the picture, you do that over and over and over and over and over again, and if every year you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to get 50% of what I want, it doesn't take too many years until you got everything you could ever dream of.
While the enormous gathering in Vegas isn't technically an NRA event, the group's strong anti-Obama stance will almost certainly be evident there. A fresh proposal to stiffen regulation may have the effect of pouring gasoline on a fire already burning hot. There will probably be calls to challenge Obama's authority to broaden the background check mandate without congressional involvement. Lawsuits and objections from pro-gun Republicans on Capitol Hill will likely follow, as has happened with other efforts by the administration to use executive authority in the environmental area. Another sure thing, Texas Senator Ted Cruz and other Republican presidential candidates will condemn the Obama proposal. In other words, the great American gun debate will continue into 2016. Yes, it will continue until there are no more Democrats, whether we call them Republicans or not. Google's tracking students. I know, it's a shock, isn't it? Because Google is selling products to guess who? The schools! Yes, in public classrooms across the country, the corporate name that is fast becoming as common as pencils and erasers is Google. More than half of K-12 laptop tablets purchased by U.S. schools in the third quarter were Chromebooks. Cheap laptops that run Google software. Beyond its famed web search, the company freely offers word processing and other software to schools. In total, Google programs are used by more than 50 million students and teachers around the world, the company says. Now, why would they do this? This is a company in business to make money. Why would they do this? Well, for one, the schools pay for it. For two, think of the influence because you know they race to the bottom, the cheapest price. Oh, well, gee, you don't think uh, other companies wanted to sell the schools their laptops? But Google's also tracking what those students are doing on its services and using some of that information to sell targeted ads, according to a complaint filed with the federal officials, by leading privacy advocacy groups. And because of the arrangement between between Google and many public schools, parents often can't keep the company from collecting their children's data. In some of the schools we've talked to parents about, there's literally no ability to say no. Google, whose parent company is called Alphabet, pushed back against the criticism, saying its education apps comply with the law, but it acknowledged it collects data about some student activities to improve its products. Yeah, to improve its profitability. We've always been firmly committed to keeping student information private and secure. Jonathan Rochelle, director of Google Apps for Education, wrote in a blog post defending its practices. Google's declined to say anything else, though. Man. Privacy advocates warn that many school administrations may not realize just how much information Google is collecting and how it may be used beyond providing educational service. And some parents, the argument is concerning. The arrangement is concerning. Yeah, uh, why don't these school administrators know this? Are they stupid? Have they never heard of Google before? Maybe they should be fired. Jeff who spoke on the condition that his last name not be published to protect his family's privacy, lives in Roseville, California, school district that requires students to use Google's education products. He said he has struggled to keep his fourth-grade daughter out of Google's system. 
Google's primary source of income is collecting data on people, he said. And we didn't like the idea of that being in our school system. Now, remember that. Google's primary source of income is collecting data on people. Have you ever wondered, well, how's all this stuff on the Internet free? Uh-huh. That's how. Hey, while Obama wants to make it harder for you to buy a gun here in the United States, guess what? U.S. foreign arms sales skyrocket by 35%. That's right. U.S. defense contractors had a banner year in 2014 with sales to other nations jumping 35% over the year before. Foreign sales increased from $26.7 billion in 2013 to $36.2 billion last year. Well, golly, I guess it's okay to sell weapons to foreigners, but not to Americans. No, 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 no. Oh, man, I'll tell you, it's enough to make somebody angry. No, not me, of course, but somebody. Well, I'm looking at the time here, and it's just about uh, time to leave this hour. But no no worries. We will be back here in about five minutes or so, and we'll have Dean Lauren on as co-host. It is Monday night, and that means a second hour or so. As always, thanks for listening. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need
choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
from the first hour, and welcome to those of you just tuning in now. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still Monday, December 28th, 2015. That all works out for you. Well, wait a minute. I should probably tell you what time it is, just so we don't get confused. It is, oh, almost eight minutes after 9 p.m., Pacific time. So if that all works out for you and you want to participate in the show, you can do so by going to the chat room. It's located at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. And you can get to the chat room. You can also contact me directly if you have Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is AVRN Talk. Put that in the appropriate place where it goes in Yahoo Instant Messenger, and you will get direct contact to my Yahoo Instant Messenger. Anyway, it is Monday night, and that means it is the second hour. As I said, 9.08. 9 means it's the second hour. It's Monday, and that means we've got Dean Lauren on as co-host, coming to us live from New York City, and that would be... In the future. Welcome, Dean. Well, thank you, Frank. And I just want to slide into these vocal audio range. As I notice when I listen to our archives, I tend to pop on the first note. So, uh, but tonight I'm going to pop and bubble all over the place. Oh, boy. 
That's right, yeah. Yeah, and so the barn ain't getting burned down, you're going to pop and bubble instead? We are going to atomicize it tonight. I made that word up. I, I Well, hey, you know what? You're allowed. I'm allowed. So, and the reason being, I thought more and more about what needed to be addressed tonight and how to address it. And the subject matter, of course, is veteran health care. And last week I was listening to the show and I was a bit forceful in outlining that there is no veteran health care available out there. And that there is a rather oppressive movement. Admit it, man. You were a scary mean. Wait. Give me another five minutes, and then I'm <laughs> going to be real scary mean. Yeah, okay. Uh, I realized that when I started looking down the congressional record that across the board, the third tier senators that are up for election this year from Schumer, Grassley on down, they are all opposed to veteran health care being administered across the board by all the hospitals. And. Do you uh, happen to know why? I mean, do they even? I, I okay, like I, I'm it has to do. I, I'm imagining a, a, an elected official up there, and somebody says, "Hey, Bob, uh, why can't we have all the veterans just like go to any hospital that's closest to them and have the VA pay for it?" You know, I mean, what? Why do they have to travel hundreds of miles and go through all this rigmarole? You know, why can't we just? What could possibly be their reasoning to say no, no, no? That's a bad idea. The third tier Senate that is up for election in 2016 are poised to sell all the hospitals and their real estate. That's what they are focused on in order to get the cash to run for re-election. You know, somebody in the chat room makes a great point. If we didn't have all these wars, we wouldn't need so much veterans' health care. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we are going to talk about the sales of arms within the United States tonight. Because I realize that for me to make a difference, for American Voice Radio to make a difference, for the people out there to make a difference, certain algorithms have to be put in place. And that's more or less procedural steps so that certain situations happen. And I said to myself, thinking that last week when you talked about the debt bubble and the gas and the numbers not adding up on the gasoline, I said to myself, and by the way, Frank, as we were finishing our show, the Chinese government was exiting their solstice finance conference, which is sort of like the State of the Union conference for China. 
and they came to the same conclusion we did. <laughs> that they had taken on too much opium debt. And you are going to see that Jiang Semen heroin debt rapidly reduced cold turkey. But I'm diverting myself. So I thought to myself, in order to give to the veterans, there has to be an algorithm that takes. You said it yourself. If it rains in York, England, then it's got to be extreme desertification in Australia. You can't give without taking. Well, yeah, so there's just, only so much rain, and, uh, you know, if it all falls in one place, then nobody else gets any. And you made the, you know, what drove the point is that you said it was a disgrace the way they treated veterans and their health care. And, you know, I thought about Valerie Jarrett, how she is between a rock and a hard place right now because she's really got to deliver. And these uh, third-tier senators are in her way to deliver full veteran health care. Because the House will go for it, because they know they have to vote for that, because they won't get a re-elected. Right, they're they up for election every two years. they got to do things. But, I mean, now let me ask you a serious question. And, and, this isn't, I, and I would ask this of any president that's in the position that Obama is. You know, last year, basically lame duck. Uh, what what's the point? I mean, why does he have to do anything? If he doesn't, he's going to have his throat slit as well as the CIA faction that he represents. You see, he represents that little-known faction within the CIA, CIA that doesn't support the military faction. That supports Representative Peter King and D'Amato, Strom Thurmond, the Northern Grumman boys, the Lockheed boys. You see, Obama doesn't represent that part of the military-industrial collegiate complex. And I should say congressional complex, because we're going to talk next week about that Second Circuit collection of judges who were put in from 1980-78 to 2000 with one purpose, and that was to run the drugs and the real estate in New York with Wall Street. Care of Richard K. Eaton. He's now on the Court of Claims in the Federal District with uh, good old Chester Straub on the Second Circuit. Those are the two boys with Katzman who lined up all the prosecutors to become judges so that they could take over the banana heroin, shift it to Yemen, imports. Of course, that's coming from Persia by way of the Heman province in Afghan, to which the army was shielding by using looped videos. 
in their automatic intel or artificial intelligence surveillance the drones. contracts. Yeah. The drones. They were watching video loops, folks. That's what the Pentagon has been watching for the last four years while they've been secretly shipping heroin from the southern Himan province. Well, they must be doing the same thing in, uh, uh, what is it, southwestern uh, Iraq, too, with the uh, ISIS oil transports that they are uh, got going through there. Absolutely. You took the words right out of my mouth. So I said to myself, you got to take some to give some. So for the veterans tonight, we're going to talk about three issues that can put the correct algorithms in place for them to get total health care so that Ms. Jarrett can deliver the message to the third-tier senators, boys, there is trouble in Oz. Number one, are you aware, Frank, of all these drilling but, but uncompleted contracts that are throughout the whole Southwest these drillings that have been done over fracking, but they haven't uh, capped, well, they're capped, but they haven't released the natural gas and the oil beneath. So they call them DUCs, drilling uh, under, uh, I think it's called drilling under contract, but they say uncomplete, drilling uncomplete. So they're held they're like it, it, on the side, right? Mm -hmm. Do you realize, Frank, that if the fracking recipe for the mud, that's the mud that they put down into the, 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 the drilling hole right. in order to pull out the, the dirt and the stone, if the fracking mud recipes, which contain benzene and all sorts of hideous chemicals that cause cancer, was released to the public, Colorado's DUCs would plummet and it would cause the bubble that Miss, oh, what's that lady on the Federal Reserve, Yellen? Yellen, yeah. Yeah, that she's afraid is going to burst. Because you see, all those fracking companies own money to the banks, and they can't deliver. Oh, big money. Big money. And it will suck in all the banks that were in the mortgage crisis. Well, and they've known this. I mean, they've known this since the, at least before the G20 meeting, you know, because they, they made, they have made changes. I mean, even uh, that last, uh, not this low, not the, the newest spending bill, you know, the omnibus thing, but the, the kind of the stopgap measure they did like a year ago. Right. So we're, we're going to hold that up because I want to cover the other two items. So if somebody was to dump the fracking recipe out, the EPA would have to go crazy on them because they've tapped into the aquifers to use the water for drilling and are poisoning all the aquifers from Minnesota south. Folks, that's America's water. That's what makes America unassailable if we are surrounded by enemy militias. We have fresh water. Had. Had. Number two, 
if you have to take some, you got to give some. So we got to take from Japan. Sorry about that, Shogun. Superinflation. All they need to do is block 10% of the food being imported into Japan, and it will tip Japan into another tsumi of debt. And believe me, there are a lot of people in the Asian Pacific region which would love to see Japan go belly up and take them over like corporate raiders. Oh, I pirates, don't doubt that. I call them corporate I don't doubt pirates. That. I bet South Korea would love to see that. Mmm, funny you should say that. South Korea is one of the largest arms buyers. Of course, the United States. Now, this is where the numbers don't add up, Frank. They said that the United States uh, sold about 80 billion arms on the table last year. 80 billion arms, missiles, helicopters, planes, 80 billion? 80 billion or 80 billion dollars worth? $80 billion worth. Okay, you know what's funny, because I just did this, I just quickly co covered this story here before you came on. Listen, foreign sales <clears throat> increased from $26.7 billion in 2013 to $36.2 billion in 2014. Now multiply that by 10, a factor of 10, and maybe a factor of 100, because you see what you see on the table is not what's under the table, what is signed by former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton in the, um, oh, what are those uh, tickets called that the Secretary of State has to issue that you won't resell the arms? Oh, non-user agreements. Uh, End-user agreements. That's why she's not going to be president. When they pull those out, the price of that $80 billion is going to skyrocket to like $2.6 in arms sales, undisclosed. Ooh, Bernie Sanders is going to go nuclear. Now... You know, just to confirm what you just said, this article also says South Korea was the top arms buyer in the world last year. Now, now wait a minute. About we know this is a – the numbers don't – Well, they're talking 2014, okay? No, the numbers don't add up because guess who else is the major buyers? <laughs> Iraq. Yeah. Brazil. Excuse me, Brazil is in the hole right now, and Iraq has been in the hole. They don't have anything to sell except for the oil that's going over the Turkish border. Yeah. Okay, so let's get it straight. South Korea, Iraq, and Brazil, if they're the buyers, something's wrong with the numbers. Something is really wrong with the numbers. And we hear on the street that Hillary is doling out the shekels big time. She is rolling out the shekels faster let me tell you, then, what's her name? I, I have to get this woman's name so I get it right. Uh, Nina Griswold, I think, is this woman's name. She re basically represents uh, the Jewish arms and drugs 
Uh, Nina Rosenwald. Yep. That's the one who's fronting for Hillary right now. So, um, so tonight I'm going to dedicate this song to all the women in Hollywood. Because you need to stand up for all the boys and girls who are veterans across America. Now, I'm talking about Megan Fox and Jennifer Lawrence, who just did a hospital appearance, but couldn't even get close to a vet. Star Wars, bring Carrie Fisher out, the girl that beat the odds on Odin for Star Wars. Drag her mother out, Debbie Reynolds, too. They can do a song and dance. I don't care what you got to do. Bring it front and center to the White House now. American veteran health care across the board. Third tier senators like Chuck Schumer and Grassley out the door if they don't back it. And with that, Frank, I'm going to say that we are dealing with the ultimate human condition. And if you can hit the music, we'll go for it. If you should leave here tonight, feeling not quite sated, no, not Satan, (laughs) feeling unfulfilled, please remember that this is a human condition.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's still Monday, December 28, 2015. It's about 9.37 and a half out here on the Pacific Time Coast. All that works out. That means we're live. It's Monday night, and uh, this is the second hour. You can participate by going to the chat room, joining the... It's where all the cool kids are hanging out, so... Head on into the chat room. You can go there by uh, way of our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link. Click it. You'll be in there. Uh, you can contact me directly using Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is AVRN Talk. All right. As I said, it is the second hour, and it is uh, Dean Lauren is the co-host. He's coming to us from the future because it's already tomorrow over in New York City. Welcome, Dean. Well, thank you, Frank. How oh, close you was it. I to the band? Well, yeah, you know what? I, I wouldn't have thought of that, but you're right. That song, Don't Rock the Boat, it, it does sound similar uh, to this. But the name of the band that did the Kung Fu Fighting there, which is a kind of a cheesy 70s song, uh, is the Cimarrons. Oh, okay. Now, I should have got them. Who? Well, hey, you know what? I I wouldn't have even remembered. Don't rock the boat. I should find that and play it. No, but you gave any, him a hint. <laughs> anyways, I'm not telling them who it is, like you did in your in your thing there, because I might use that in the stump room. <laughs> they might not get that one, but I I forgot completely about that song. But when you mentioned it, it's like yeah, it kind of does have that that same kind of beat to it. But what's the song that you uh? had there oh that was by the amazing katie lang live singing constant craving now folks if you ever ever get the opportunity to see this woman in concert go Hmm. even if the tickets are a hundred dollars go wow fantastic singer tickets are a hundred dollars is that cheap no Hey, hey, I haven't been to a concert since the tickets were 20 bucks. All right. I don't, like I say to all my family out there in television land, I don't watch TV. I make TV. All right. (laughs) All right. So I want to quickly go down the issue for the veteran health care. Just one more time for those people that are tuning in, especially all those defense contractors I'm going to talk about in just a second. (laughs) Number one. To take, we have to give. So to take, we have to take Halliburton a little bit from them. In fact, we're going to take about $20 billion from Halliburton. Because once it's known that the benzene and the organometallics that they used in the fracking mud used to extract the stone is now in the United States aquifers located under the agro combine farms, which is one of the reasons why they were buying all the farms across the Midwest, Frank, Yep, I because that. they needed to be above ground when they poisoned the water below ground. Now, Dean, I, I have a question and I'm sure there's a good answer, but I don't know what it is. Now, why why are they using such toxic stuff to pump into the ground? 
I, I don't understand why they couldn't use something that is not toxic. Because they're frauds, they're fakes, and they're ignorant. Oh. Okay? And because they did it the cheapest way possible to get the stone out from the drill to do the horizontal drilling. Thank you, Mr. Cheney. Thank you, uh, the Bush family. Okay, uh, so thank you for the third-tier senators who are heavily, heavily invested let me, in the fracking. Let me Can I you. name the states again? Oh, yeah, definitely. Pennsylvania, the Dakotas. Uh, we are talking about, uh, let me see, where did I have this all written down from last week? Pennsylvania, the Dakotas. Oklahoma, well, that's pretty much gone right now. And then, uh, what was the other one? Texas. Mm, yeah. Now, so is this a case of like the same thing with, well, table salt or fluoride, and where they, an industry is piling up toxic waste that they generally have to pay to dispose of? And they're just pumping it into somewhere else and calling it good. Is is that what's going on with the fracking stuff? Is this toxic waste that they would rather just pump in and call it, oh, it's fracking fluid, rather than it's toxic waste that we have to pay to dump? This is one of the reasons why we're going to also take from the United Nations budget. Now, China has just jumped on saying they have to throw more money in the United Nations as they're a participating nation. Of course, China wants to do that because they're going to shut it down quick. They're poisoning the water to get the gas out of the shale so that they can hold America hostage to selling it water. That's why they're fracking and breaking all the aquifer walls. In the United States, that's why we're becoming a desert, folks, because France and those people that would like to run NATO, Germany, France, the big boys from Austria, you know, the Von Trapps, <laughs> they want to sell us water because the United States sits on the largest supply of fresh water in the world which is why we are the greatest nation. And don't let anybody tell you that we aren't. Because we're going to take some from France. Arms. Because you see, if we take Sweden and France's arms sales, Sweden is about 20 billion France is about ten billion when you look at above the table, below the table. And well, uh, now here, now now because this is relevant, it's in this article that I was reading, and it mentions Sweden, Sweden, of which supplies fighter planes to such countries as Brazil, uh, was the third largest arms seller on the planet. We take it. We are going to kill Sweden and those Nazi skinheads. That's what Sweden is known for, KGB infiltrated in the 80s and gone into defense sales on behalf of Russia, okay, with Finland and Denmark. 
Let's get it real straight, kind folks. Of tough for me Sweden to... is not a pacifist. No, state. but it kind of it kind of is tough for me to uh, believe. Don't that, get tough. Just that, just let's just no. Them. It's tough for me to believe that Finland would sell Russia any arms. Listen, they have been in the arms. There there is no enemy when you're selling arms. You got the cash, we sell. Okay. All right. You know, you you thinking like a Cold War mentality, Frank. No, I'm not thinking. Was no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The that the Finns have hated the Russians long before the Cold War ever started. This is well, a, you know a generational dislike. So well, then they anyway, better wake up. Then maybe you better get on the phone home. Business is business, I suppose. Business is business. And so France, let's just wipe them out, too, and all their little military carriers that they're selling Russia and to all the third world countries in Africa. All right. And in fact, let's go down the top New York contractors that were listed in 1985. Grumman Aerospace Corporation in Bethpage. Eaton Corporation, that's Dick Eaton's family in Deer Park, Sperry Rand Corp. Oh, they're in Great Neck. Then there's General Electric in Syracuse, the Harris uh, Singer Company in Binghamton, the Harris Corp in Syosset, American TNT, AT&T, well, they're in Oswego, and IBM, oh, they're in Oswego, AT&T is in New York. Pan American World Airways, did you know they were a federal procurement supplier contractor? I didn't know Pan Am was one of the defense contractors. Fibro Solomon. Hmm, that sounds funny. On 200 Park Avenue. No, that's 1211 Avenue of the Americas. I don't know them. IBM, International Business Machines. Amarada Hess Corporation. Fairchild Industries. Hmm, that sounds a little strange. IT&T. Didn't they go down for fraud? General Electric. Uh, Syracuse again. Loral Electronics. <laughs> I know that name. Oh, satellites. Coastal Dry Dock and Repair Corp. Hmm, Brooklyn. That's Red Hook. That's where the heroin comes in. Web, WebTech. Hmm, didn't they go down in flames? Boulevard Systems. Hmm, more than watches. Calfman Corporation. Sperry Gyroscope. Hazeltine Corporation. Hazeltine Corp. They are both in Comac and Greenlawn. And Texaco. I the lived in Comac. 25. Now, folks, to... Take some of their money and give it to the veterans. It's actually going to benefit the Pentagon. Because right now, they have a, lot, a U.S. carrier that was just launched, and they're hoping it doesn't tip over. It's out there in the water, and I think it's halfway in the Atlantic, and now it's stuck there. Because... By the time it turns around and comes back, or by the time it reaches Europe, the engines are going to break down. And it's going to be the biggest embarrassment to the Pentagon, to the Navy. And it's going to be plastered across all the papers saying that President Obama sank our Navy. What? You have to understand those designs of that ship were purchased a long time ago. And it was funded and financed a long time ago by Senator McCain and Senator Grassley. Folks, 
Third-tier senators, like Schumer, got to go. We've got to take some to give some to the veterans. So, again, we're going to say fracking recipe. If that hits the paper, Colorado shuts down immediately, and it takes at least $20 billion from Halliburton, right off the top profit margins. There will be no dividends at Halliburton. Now, that's going to benefit a few people in the Middle East. Just a few. But those are people we kind of want to support. We're not talking about ISIS. We're not talking about Peter King's mercenaries. We're talking about our friends. And, of course, Japan. Superinflation. Hold back 10% of the imports. And Japan's engine dies. And the corporate pirates come in. There'll be nothing left of Japan after they pick the ribs clean. But unfortunately, folks, or should I say fortunately, unfortunately for Japan, fortunately for our veterans, we'll get that health care. Ah, what the hell? Japan was never our ally anyway. And arms. Sweden and France. That's an extra $20 billion we can pump into our veteran health care and prevent Chuck Schumer and Grassley from selling our hospitals so that they can turn them into co-ops and condominiums and then charge outrageous prices for health care across the nation with these crazy insurance plans that have been put into place, not by Obama, but by the very people who would shut down our hospitals in anticipation of big profits. And remember, a lot of profits prey with an E. So with that, we're gonna go, Frank, is there anything we need to discuss on your end? I mean, I've said it all. I mean, no, no, not, no. There's nothing so necessary to to talk about other than just uh, general things. Okay, like, hey, so how was your uh, how was your Christmas? Oh, it was wonderful. In fact, it was near you to go down my to heart DC? about the charter monopoly. What, what was that? Frank, did you go down you to D.C.? Of course I did. I hung out. Well, Obama split the town. You know what? Yeah. That nigger ran right out of town when he knew that the the, the stuff was going south. That's when you knew that when they were negotiating all these problems with the banks and the oil, he split town to Hawaii. Folks, he didn't even want to pick up the phone. Okay? You knew they were toast. When, when the president leaves town and thumbs his nose at you and say, bail your own banks out, yelling, you know you got a problem. See, you can't mess with the executive branch on the beltway. I don't care what you say. Because if they don't appreciate you, they can take you out. And right now, the bankers in Bethesda are really looking at the New York Wall Street boys and saying, you know what? You've really jeopardized our position. Not only do you send your girls down here to marry our boys, thinking you're going to get a piece of the action, 
but you've really rocked the boat. So Well, and we how's can, that going to end, though? I mean, you know. Well, we're going to take a little bit from the Wall Street Boys, which we're going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about all the rabbis. Rabbi Tversky, Rabbi, oh, what's the other one? Uh, oh, there's tons of them. But they're all in this little Judah Gribbitz mafia that Nina Griswold, a uh, Rosenwald, used to run. And that was the quote-unquote Israeli lobby, which, oh, I guess we could end the show, folks. Can we have a drum beat, Frank? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have one ready. You don't have one? Oh, I've got one somewhere, but I don't think I can find it by the end of the show. Folks, the Mediterranean Sea, that little body of water between France and Spain and Libya, is officially dead from the fracking mud that has been released from the Levantian oil fields. Mm. Folks, the Mediterranean Sea is dead, and Spain is officially now going belly up, as Frank has called it. They are now into pawn shops. Oh, they're selling their jewelry. They're selling everything in Spain. Well, and you know, Spain has a fairly big, or had a fairly big economy. This isn't going to be, if, if Spain goes completely belly up, like, you know, like Greece, it's going to be a lot bigger problem for the European Union than Greece ever thought about being. Oh, yeah, and Catalan is well, ready to break free. How far That's is, uh, Spain. yeah, they are. How far is, uh, how far behind Spain is Italy? Because they got trouble, too. Let's put it this way. January 1st, Puerto Rico is going to default on their payout, then Spain, and then Italy is going to pretend that they are not there. You see, Italy is tied in with the, the black monarchy. So they've got all these hidden bank assets. So they're not going to let – they'll let the prices go up in Italy, but they'll hold them down because the Italian mafia will kill them. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you're going to see Swiss, uh, Switzerland, Italy, uh, northern Italy, by the way, Sw uh, Switzerland, Austria, Luxembourg, uh, Belgium, Germany. They'll weather because they've got so much money hidden. Now, what do you think about this? Seeing as how you mentioned them, who Switzerland? I've got a. I have a. <clears throat> here's the headline. Switzerland to vote on banning banks from creating money. <laughs> Why don't you just get rid of the Hadrian Collider where they're bringing in dump trucks of cash and stolen merchandise from France into Switzerland on the black market? That's what that underground tunnel's for. It never was for a collider. It was a black market tunnel. For gold. And by the way, the Holocaust survivors are now yelling. And I don't mean lady yelling at the Federal Reserve, because I guess they're yelling at yelling. They're, <laughs> they're saying about yelling, where is the Nazi gold that was stolen from the Holocaust survivors? Two and a half tons. It's no longer in the Federal Reserve, and there's no receipt for it. It's missing ever since Hillary Clinton took it and gave it to Judah Gribbitz. Where is it? 
Miss Yellen. Where is the two and a half tons of 24 karat gold from the fillings of Jewish Holocaust prisoners? Well, and Polish prisoners. There's one. There's one theory that makes sense to me. I don't know if it's true, but um, and they come up with this because the numbers again our theme of the night, the numbers don't add up. Uh, you know, South uh, Africa made Cougarants, right? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, for a few years there, there were actually more Cougarants coming on the market than South Africa was actually minting. And the belief is they took that Nazi gold and basically counterfeited Cougarants and sold them. And made the money back on LIBOR with interest on the currency rates. Oh, Miss Yellen, you are such a bad girl. <laughs> Hillary, 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 Hillary. Hillary's when Bernie Sanders finds out that, uh, oh, Donald Trump is going to go crazy. He's going to schwung you to death. <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, Hillary Clinton's way beyond a bad girl. It's just oh, amazing. she's going to get schlonged on this. <laughs> well, oh. I mean, hey, I'm... <laughs> How, you know, we talk about, like, uh, Gotti and stuff, the Teflon Don, right? No, let's talk about uh, the Genovese. Okay, go ahead. The Teflon Hillary. This, nothing sticks to her. No, no, she's paying out the money now. She is spending so much money to stay afloat. And every prosecutor on the Beltway is sniffing at her dress, her you know, suit. Do, do you know that she is actually, her campaign is financing the uh, Democratic National Committee because they're bankrupt? Of course it is. <laughs> she was the one writing the checks for Gillibrand with Madoff's money in the bathroom at the, at the, at the Senate. I mean, come on, guys. I was watching the ladies go into the bathroom, these senators. Yeah, it was man. so disgusting to see them going in there and beg for money from Hillebrand. Yeah, I think they did. Hillebrand. I'll do something a little classier than the bathroom, but hey, it is the dirt bags. Anyway, Dean, we are out of time. So, so is uh, Hillary Clinton. We, yeah, we will see you again next week uh, after uh, New Year. So you have a happy New Year. Uh, oh, we thanks. will. And, and next week, folks, be good to listen in. It'll be defense contractors, federal judges, and rabid rabbis oh, ripping boy. off the public. Anyway, thanks, Dean. We'll see you again next week, folks. I'll be back again tomorrow. As always, thanks for Lights listening. Out, make your way to the floor. Just dance, got me begging for more. Get down in the county.
Space Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Thomas Jefferson, author of the Declaration of Independence and Virginia Statute of Religious Freedom, father of Virginia University, ambassador, secretary of state, vice president, president, and acquirer of the Louisiana Purchase. The introduction. This is the summary of Jefferson's life. Thomas Jefferson is best known today as the author of the Declaration of Independence, third president of the United States, the prime mover in the Louisiana Purchase and the Lewis and Clark Expedition. On his own epitaph, he listed three accomplishments. Two are not what he is known best for. The author of the Statute of Virginia for Religious Freedom and father of University of Virginia. The third accomplishment was author of the Declaration of Independence. When reflecting upon how Jefferson measured his own life, one sees he would be with the cultural historians who value ideas as having more impact than the details of politics or wars. The latter may be more sensational, but the former more lasting. It is the reach of Jefferson's ideas that is so important to America today, far more so than his career accomplishments. It is a breathtaking exercise to discuss and cover the life of Mr. Jefferson. His father died when he was 14. This transformed his life early as he was sent off to school after inheriting 5,000 acres of rich Virginia land. He graduated from the distinguished William and Mary College, a rare event before 1900, not to speak of before 1800. He distinguished himself with highest honors, visited the royal governor who, like Virginians of the day, was a British subject, and was a wine connoisseur. He married once to Martha Wales Skelton Jefferson, had six children, and after her death in 1782, never married again. There has been much modern goings-on about his relationship with an African-American woman, Sally Hemings, but that was long after Mr. Jefferson was a widower, and they were clearly very close since they lived together from 1789 until his death in 1826, in addition to them having several children together. After his wife's death, he began his incredible career, which would do 10 people proud to have accomplished so much. A colonial legislator in the Virginia House of Burgesses, member of the Second Continental Congress, member of the Virginia House of Delegates, governor of Virginia, minister to France, secretary of state, retired from 1793 to assuming the vice presidency in 1797, founder of the Democratic Republican Party, president, founder of University of Virginia, and correspondent in the legendary Adams Jefferson letters. He died with great symbolism on the same day as the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1826, the same day that President John Adams died. Jefferson was also a great scientist, inventor, and thinker. He was a man of the Enlightenment who knew most of the intellectual leaders in Europe. He believed independent farmers, the entrepreneurs of their day, were the guardians of democracy. He favored states' rights and feared the encroachment and bossiness of the federal government. He strongly supported the separation of church and state, calling himself a deist. He was an archaeologist who unearthed American Indian remains by digging gently down and then observing the layers and what they meant, among other things. He was a great architect, as reflected by his influence on his home, Monticello, and the layout of the University of Virginia. He was a horticulturist, a paleontologist, and an inventor of various useful things, such as Benjamin Franklin did. 
Perhaps the most famous modern summing up of Jefferson's life was by President John F. Kennedy saying at his famous 1962 party for 49 Nobel Prize winners, quote, I think this is the most extraordinary collection of talent and of human knowledge that has ever been gathered at the White House, with the possible exception of what when Thomas Jefferson dined alone. I think, though, that Ms. Jefferson would have been prouder of an event even more recent, when the first Muslim elected to the House of Representatives, Keith Ellison, in 2007, requested the Library of Congress to let him use Mr. Jefferson's two-volume 1764 edition of the Quran to be sworn in by. Jefferson is truly a man for all seasons, centuries, and cultures. Education and early life. Thomas Jefferson was born in 1743 into a wealthy Virginia plantation-owning family. His father owned several plantations, and his mother was part of the wealthy Randolph family. Jefferson started his studies at a young age for the time. By 10, he was learning Greek, Latin, and French, languages that would serve him well all of his life. As the third of eight children, he inherited 5,000 acres upon his father's death when Jefferson was still only 14. He remained at this place until he died in 1826, much indebted because he never worked diligently for his own financial purposes, but for others instead. At this point, he boarded at the then version of a prep school with schoolmaster James Parrish, where he broadened his education to include science, literature, and history, as well as the classics themselves. In 1760, he entered the College of William and Mary at the age of 16. He graduated only two years later with the highest honors. He studied philosophy, higher mathematics, metaphysics under Professor William Small, who introduced him to the British empiricists Bacon, Locke, and Newton who would influence him for the rest of his life. Interestingly, he called them the three greatest men the world had ever produced. As with his own epitaph, Jefferson always admired the great thinkers, writers, and experimenters more than the politicians, empire builders, or military people. It was his building upon his experiences at William & Mary that he created the first truly non-religious university in America, known now as UVA. That was one of his listed accomplishments, and his epitaph, along with authorship of a related statute, the Virginia State Statute of Religious Freedom, and the Declaration of Independence. Jefferson showed an avid interest in all fields, was a very hardworking student, perfected his French, Greek, and Latin, while reading Tacitus and Homer at his leisure. At 23, he married a widow, Martha Skelton, in 1772, and had five children that lived, one was still born, during his 10-year marriage. Martha died in 1782, and Jefferson never remarried. Political career, 1774 to 1800. Shortly after Martha died, Jefferson took up a political career built upon his legal one. In 1774, he authored his first significant document, Summary of the Rights of British America. He intended this as a manual or guidebook for Virginia delegates to the then-planned National U.S. Congress. The pamphlet provided a powerful argument for Virginians and all Americans to seek unsettlement with Britain for everyone's mutual benefit. His next major undertaking was to attend the Second Continental Congress as a representative from Virginia in 1776. It was here in Philadelphia that he, as a member of the Committee of Five, wrote the Declaration of Independence. It went through several drafts and other back and forth as described more fully in our audiobook, The Declaration of Independence. After the Declaration was adopted in July and promulgated throughout the colonies in August, Jefferson turned to the new Virginia House of Delegates as a member. He immediately began to reform and update Virginia's laws based on the state's new status as a democratic entity. He drafted over 100 laws, which, among other things, streamlined the judicial process, 
eliminated primogeniture, the rule that the firstborn male inherit all property, and established freedom of religion. This included the Virginia Statute of Religious Freedom, read later on this audiobook. His bill for the more general diffusion of knowledge led to numerous reforms at William & Mary, his alma mater, including broadening study so students could have an elective system of study, which was the first such undertaking by an American university and has become the foundation of university studies ever since. Jefferson was then elected governor in which role he served from 1779 until 1781. As governor, he managed the transfer of the capital from Williamsburg to the more central location of Richmond, where it remains today. The British invaded Virginia twice during Jefferson's term. Jefferson then served as minister to France from 1785 to 1789, and therefore did not attend the Constitutional Convention held in 1789. He supported the Constitution and pushed for it to include the first ten amendments, known commonly as the Bill of Rights. George Washington appointed Jefferson as first Secretary of State from 1789 to 1793. During this period, Jefferson split with the Federalists who favored a stronger central government and started what led to be the Democratic-Republican Party, on whose platform he won the presidency in 1800. Alexander Hamilton, the father of American finance, favored a federal bank, later to be accomplished in the early 1800s, and then renewed again as the Federal Reserve under FDR. Jefferson favored states' rights, except in certain circumstances, such as in defense, and when the federal government could do a superior job. When war broke out between the French and the English, he strongly supported the French. At the same time, he agreed with George Washington that the nation should not get involved in the fighting or any foreign wars. Washington was to repeat this briefly in his farewell address, as Eisenhower did in a similar manner at the end of his political career almost two centuries later in 1961. Jefferson's interest in French success related primarily to the negative impact of British success. He felt that would encourage the monocrats or monarchy supporters in the United States. There were still many in the U.S. who wanted George Washington to be our first king, so this was no small matter. Jefferson retired to Monticello in 1793 due to his increasing opposition to Hamilton and many ideas of George Washington himself. A reconciliation of sorts occurred in 1794 when the Jay Treaty was adopted largely created by Alexander Hamilton, which brought peace and trade with our former enemy, but also the homeland of many, Great Britain. Madison still wanted to bring commercial pressure upon Britain, and this was supported by Jefferson, though the Jay Treaty calmed matters for some time. Jefferson was a Republican candidate, later to become the Democratic-Republican Party in 1796, and finished second to the Federalist John Adams of Massachusetts. In those days, the candidate finishing second became vice president, so Jefferson had that role. Although a major job today is for the vice president to preside over the Senate, Jefferson avoided it. He was asked to write a manual of parliamentary procedure and did so. With the retirement of the unanimously elected George Washington, party politics started up strongly during the Adams administration. Adams started a Navy, built up a peacetime army, ready for possible war, enacted the controversial Alien and Sedition Act, and levied new taxes to pay off the federal debt as well as fund federal activities. Jefferson opposed the expansion of federal power. Jefferson and Madison anonymously wrote the Kentucky and Virginia resolutions, which stated the federal government only had powers specifically delegated to it by the states. Otherwise, states ruled. These resolutions, coupled with the prominence of Jefferson and Madison, especially as the respective authors of the Declaration of the Constitution, lent great intellectual and moral support to the advocates for state rights, 
up until the present time. This would have a particularly strong impact regarding the concepts of interposition and nullification, which served as justification for the withdrawal of the Confederacy from the Union in 1861. Presidential Campaign of 1800. All of this controversy, plus Jefferson's position as vice president, made him the natural candidate in 1800 run against the symbol of federalism, President John Adams. As with many candidates running against incumbents in American politics, Jefferson stood for the presidency based on attacking new taxes undertaken under the incumbent's administration, in this case, John Adams. He did not formally campaign for office, as was the tradition at the time. He and Aaron Burr of New York rallied their new party, the Democratic Republicans, with the issues of excess taxes and federal encroachment upon states' rights. These same arguments were made forcefully throughout American history, but perhaps never so successfully and with as far-reaching consequences as similarly happened in the 1980 election between then-President Carter and challenger Ronald Reagan. As Reagan's impact would be felt for decades, so would Jefferson's. Jefferson tied Burr in the Electoral College. This threw the election into the House of Representatives, largely controlled by the Federalists. Hamilton persuaded the House that Jefferson would be the lesser of two evils, so he was elected on the 36th ballot. Burr was elected vice president. The 12th Amendment to the Constitution was adopted to avoid this, so both offices, president and vice president, would be on the same ticket. The bad feeling from all this, including Burr's not stepping down when the vote was going against him and requiring a formal vote, coupled with his famous duel that killed Hamilton, led to Jefferson dropping Burr from Jefferson's second-term candidacy and instead appointing Burr's fellow New Yorker, George Clinton. Presidency, 1801-1809. to Jefferson became president after the crisis in France had ended. This was helpful since he had always been a friend of France from his days as minister to France until the present. This in part paved the way for Napoleon to sell the lands in what is now the far Midwest and West of the United States and what has become known as the Louisiana Purchase in 1803 for $15 million, a large sum for the times. With no hostilities active with England, France, or Spain, Jefferson slashed the Army and Navy expenditures put into place by his predecessor, John Adams. He also reduced the whiskey tax, so unpopular in the Middle South and Midwest as it is known today, the West in those days. At the same time, he reduced the national debt by one-third, laying the foundation for paying it off entirely before the Civil War. Jefferson took a strong role in putting down the Barbary pirates who were taking American ships in the Mediterranean. This is quite a stretch for a man who didn't want to get entangled in foreign wars. But as Jefferson said, being president calls for changes in position when required. Jefferson, on the other hand, in his second term, worked hard to keep America out of the Napoleonic Wars. His use of embargo upon American shipping was unpopular, but any solution would have likely been seen in the same or worse way. To have a sense of how small the federal government was in those days, there were only six cabinet offices. Secretary of State James Madison for both terms, Secretary of Treasury Albert Gallatin for seven of the eight years, Secretary of War Henry Dearborn for both terms, four attorney generals, two postmaster generals, and two secretaries of the Navy. Ohio was the only new state admitted into the Union during his tenure in 1803. He appointed three of the justices of the Supreme Court, William Johnson in 1804, Henry Livingston in 1807, and Thomas Todd in 1807. Louisiana Purchase, signed on May 12, 1803. The Louisiana Purchase was noteworthy for many reasons, not the least of which is Thomas Jefferson went against his original state's rights inclinations changed his position to benefit the new nation by almost doubling the size of the United States, eliminating a dangerous enemy, the French, from its western borders, 
and unlocking the Mississippi River by buying the port of New Orleans in the transaction. The purchase left the United States with approximately 80% of the territory it occupies today in the continental United States. Only Spain's claims from Texas to California and west of the Rockies until the Pacific Northwest area remained, along with the unclaimed area in what is currently the state of Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. There were also two minor disputed territories with Britain in the Alberta area and northern Maine with New Brunswick, soon to be adjudicated quite amicably with Britain and Canada. The final dispute was with Spain with regard to Florida and the Panhandle area on the Gulf of Mexico to New Orleans. This was resolved under President James Monroe in 1819 in what has come to be known as the Treaty with Spain. The Louisiana Purchase was an example of American entrepreneurial negotiation as Jefferson started out trying to buy just New Orleans for $10 million to unlock Mississippi shipping and wound up being offered the rest of the Louisiana Purchase for just $5 million more. He took it. Dealt with the various American nations concerned with this Western addition that it would limit their powers much as interest groups are today. These factions range from the Federalists in the North to slaveholding states in the South to those state rights advocates that were concerned the federal government was getting much more power at the expense of the individual states. Lewis and Clark Expedition. A few weeks after the completion of the Louisiana Purchase on the document reaching Washington on July 14, 1803, Jefferson requested Congress to appropriate $2,500 to fund what would become known as the Lewis and Clark Expedition. Jefferson had long considered such a plan since the territories abutted American ones. While minister to France, he had heard about numerous plans to explore part or all the territories and beyond to the Pacific Ocean itself. Jefferson took the opportunity in his presentation to Congress to bring forth all the positive aspects that such an expedition could render the United States and to inspire curiosity about the project so Americans would come to appreciate the substantial national investment in these lands. Jefferson said, quote, the Missouri River and the Indians inhabiting it are not as well known as desirable by their connection to the Mississippi River and consequently with us. An intelligent officer with 10 to 12 men might explore the whole area to the Pacific Ocean. This, of course, is what Lewis and Clark ultimately did. Jefferson had lined up Lewis first in early 1803 as events were unfolding in the negotiations surrounding the Louisiana Purchase. He wrote Lewis, quote, The object of your mission is to explore the, Missis- the Missouri River, which goes almost due west from the Mississippi, and such principal streams of it by its course and communication with the waters of the Pacific Ocean, whether the Columbia, Oregon, or Colorado, or any other river which may offer the most direct and practical water communication across this continent for the purposes of commerce, unquote. This letter shows the relative ignorance everyone had of the area. The enormous height of the Rocky Mountains, which would impede such a journey, were clearly not known at this time, along with so much else that Lewis and Clark would ultimately report. Lewis left Pittsburgh on August 31, 1803. The expedition spent their first winter at Camp Du Bois in the then Illinois Territory. They left on May 14, 1804, to begin their western journey. They spent that winter at their newly built Fort Mandan in what is now North Dakota. This is where Sacagawea, their future translator and savior, joined the party. That spring, the first contingent was sent home with a report of what the expedition had discovered, which included 108 botanical and 68 mineral specimens one prairie dog that made it alive to Jefferson himself, and Clark's best mapped rendering of the territory. 
The expedition continued up the Missouri to its headwaters and beyond over the Continental Divide using horses. In canoes, they descended the mountains on the Clearwater River, the Snake, and the Columbia River, past what is now Portland, Oregon. They spotted Mount Hood, so they knew they were close to the Pacific, which they soon saw. They now built Fort Clotsop on the Columbia River. They began their long journey back on March 23, 1806. Clark and Lewis split up for a while to learn more and had a series of adventures worthy of any modern thriller with the Blackfeet and Crows. They reunited in August and made it back to St. Louis on September 23, 1806. Throughout this journey, they stayed north to stay away from the Spanish, who had only ceded the territory to France on the grounds they would not sell it to the United States or any other parties. They wanted, above all, to keep this as a buffer zone between the United States and northern Mexican wealth in their minds. Despite sending out various Spanish parties to stop Lewis and Clark, they never did reach or stop them. Founder of Virginia University in 1819, Jefferson's efforts resulted in the formation of the University of Virginia, founded on the principles of a total separation of church and state, represented by a library, not a church, being the centerpiece of the main campus, known as the Lawn, and students could specialize in many new areas of studies not offered at other universities in America at the time. The construction project was one of the largest of its era. The physical units were configured around the centered part of the campus and divided into buildings centering around individual subject interests. Each building, and therefore subject, was of the same size and tied together by open-air arcades that are the fronts of the buildings. This is called his academical village, with each building area a foot or two higher than the previous one, leading up to the library at the end of the lawn. The architectural style was modeled in Pericles Athens, the prior democracy to America, with some Roman influences. The library was modeled on the Roman pantheon. The campus remains one of the most significant works of architecture in America. Jefferson the Man, Appearance, Temperament, and Family. Without photographs of the time, we must rely on portraits and written descriptions of the man himself. He was a large man for his time, over six feet, two inches tall. He was angular with the ruddy complexion of a farming person. He had a serious demeanor that struck most that met him, even as a young boy. He was just noted for an engaging conversational style, much like the later Lyndon Johnson, while sharing Johnson's woodenness when speaking. He had intense convictions and emotional temperament, and yet the ability to reverse course when appropriate. His wife died in 1782, leaving him with five children from their 10-year marriage. He never remarried. In the White House, James Madison, then Secretary of State, to succeed him as the fourth president of the United States, allowed his wife, the famous Dolly Madison, to serve as hostess, which she continued for the next eight years of her own husband's presidency as well. She was fully capable of formal state dinners, but allowed Jefferson to have his more casual entertaining as well. A recent controversy has erupted about his relations with an African-American slave woman, Sally Hemings. In fact, Jefferson and Hemings only got together seven years after his wife's death and remained close for 37 years until Jefferson's death in 1826. She was the daughter of his first wife's father in the complex inner workings of whites and blacks in the South. Under racial pressures that still exist over 200 years later, they remained close all their lives and had children they were jointly proud of. Future generations on Jefferson's first wife's side dissociated themselves from Sally Hemings, but DNA has served to bring them together again in the 21st century. A great believer in privacy, Jefferson burned all his family letters, including those of his beloved wife. He was a private man who gave only two speeches during his eight-year presidency. He discontinued the practice started by Washington and Adams of giving the State of the Union address in person to Congress. Instead, he relied on his more reliable pen 
and sent the speech over to Congress in writing. This practice continued until President Woodrow Wilson, formerly president of Princeton and a noted public speaker, started up again the tradition of personally delivering the State of the Union address in 1914. Jefferson was quite the inventor, much like Franklin. He loved to do architecture and is credited with such buildings as Monticello, the lawn and buildings surrounding it at the University of Virginia, and the Virginia State Capitol Building. His preference for federal style and architecture has had a profound influence upon American architecture in general and government and college architecture in particular. He developed his own line, Fish Pond, was a great connoisseur of wine from his days in college and the then royal governor's house where he got to indulge in his hobby. He was a noted gourmet and generally liked to talk in small groups and have a good time. When the British burned down Washington, D.C. in 1814, he sold his library to the government to be the new beginning of the Library of Congress. In his honor today, they call the website Thomas. His collection extended to a two-volume addition to the Koran, which was used by the first Muslim congressman for a swearing-in ceremony in 2007. Political philosophy. You've heard Jefferson's political philosophy throughout this audiobook. He expressed some of his greatest thoughts and his concerns. Concern that religion would, should be separated from the state, as articulated in his Virginia Statute of Religious Freedom, read later. That states should retain most rights, and certainly all those not specifically granted the federal government. That the Supreme Court may have held too much power. That restricting the carrying of arms would limit them to the criminal classes. That corporations might arise to become too large and powerful. That British aristocracy and titles had no place in America. And that the Bill of Rights remained sacred. In other words, he was a man of deliberation and caution, raising concerns as with a yellow flag in a NASCAR race. Slow down. Be cautious. Stay in place. His thoughts were like the doctor's oath, first do no harm, a wise caution for other anxious politicians. John Locke and the empiricists were his guiding light. He also famously believed that each generation had to make its own constitution and that one generation should not pass its debts off to the next. The reality of the presidency and the rising power and strength of America caused him to adjust some of his principles for the greater good. He engaged in foreign wars by snuffing out the Barbary pilots off the shores of what is now Libya. He made the entrepreneurial Louisiana Purchase, despite not being authorized by the Constitution, and much griping therefore. He supported small entrepreneurial activities, though he feared large industrial ones, much as many Americans and presidents have done since then. He was against the National Bank, the dream of Alexander Hamilton, and one wonders if he wouldn't have changed his mind on that as well as the decades rolled out towards the middle of the 19th century. The Adams-Jefferson Letters. The Adams-Jefferson Letters included Abigail Adams, always encourage your husband to keep this remarkable correspondence going. Adams and Jefferson went against type. The congenial Adams came from the hard scrabble lands of New England where farming was always tough and he was a farmer first and foremost. Jefferson was the restrained one from the usually more open Virginia personality type, a farmer as well in the rich Virginia farmlands. Jefferson was tall and angular, though always thought to be graceful and a lot physically. Adams was chubby, rotund, and barreled around. The correspondence, above all, shows the warmth of Adams and the restraint of his friend Jefferson. Adams wrote copiously, and Jefferson rarely. That being said, Jefferson was undoubtedly warmer to Adams than anyone outside of his family. When Adams was elected the first vice president, serving under the legendary and only unanimously elected president, George Washington, Jefferson wrote, No man on earth pays more cordial homage to your worth, nor wishes more fervently your happiness. Though I detest the appearance, even the flattery, I cannot always suppress the effusions of my heart. These two would write back and forth until their death in 1826 on the same day, July 4th. It is said that upon learning he would die shortly, Adams said, 
at least Jefferson lives. True or not, it makes a perfect ending to their careers as founding brothers of America. Jefferson's death and epitaph. Jefferson died fittingly on the 50th anniversary of the Declaration, the same day as John Adams. He had served his country well, but not himself financially. He died a poor man, leaving his Monticello to the United States to be used as a school for orphans of Navy officers. He wrote his epitaph, insisting not a word be changed. Quote, here was buried Thomas Jefferson, author of the Declaration of American Independence, of the Statute of Virginia Religious Freedom, and father of the University of Virginia, unquote. He wanted to be remembered as the author and enlightenment figure he was. No mention of his political offices. Listening to what a person says about himself and his summing up is often the most significant approach to understanding that individual. That would seem to be the case here with Mr. Jefferson. Virginia's statute for religious freedom. Well aware that the opinions and belief of men depend not on their own will, but follow involuntarily the evidence proposed to their minds, that Almighty God hath created the mind free and manifested this approach well, that free it shall remain, by making altogether insusceptible of restraint. But all attempts to influence by temporal punishments or burdens, or by civil incapacitations, tend only to beget habits of hypocrisy and meanness, and are a departure from the plan of the holy author of our religion, who being lord both of body and mind, yet chose not to propagate it by coercions on either, as was in his almighty power to do so, but to expand it by its influence on reason alone. That the impious presumption of legislatures and rulers, civil as well as ecclesiastical, who bring, being themselves but fallible and uninspired men, have assumed dominion over the faith of others, setting up their own opinions and modes of thinking as the only true and infallible, and as such endeavoring to oppose upon them and upon others, hath established and maintained false religions over the greatest part of the world and through all time. That is, to compel a man to furnish contributions of money for the propagation of opinions which he disbelieves and abhors is sinful and tyrannical. That even the forcing him to support this or that teacher of his own persuasion is depriving him of the comfortable liberty of giving his contributions to the particular pastor whose morals he would make his pattern and whose powers he feels most persuasive to righteousness, and is withdrawing from the ministry those temporary rewards which proceeding from the approbation of their personal conduct are an additional incitement to earnest and unremitting labors for the instruction of mankind, that our civil rights have no dependence on our religious opinions any more than our opinions in physics or geometry, that therefore the prescribing any citizen is unworthy of the public confidence by laying upon him an incapacity of being called to offices of trust and emolument, unless he profess or renounce this or that religious opinion, is depriving him injuriously of those privileges and advantages to which, in common with his fellow citizens, he is a natural right. That is tending also to the principles of that very religion it is meant to encourage, by bribing with a monopoly of worldly honors and emoluments those who will externally profess and conform to it. That, though, indeed, there are criminals who do not withstand such temptation, yet neither are those innocent who lay the bait in their way, that the opinions of men are not the subject and object of civil government or under its jurisdiction, that to suffer the civil magistrate to intrude his powers into the field of opinion and to restrain the profession or propagation of principles and supposition of their ill tendency is a dangerous fallacy, which at once destroys all religious liberty because he being, of course, judge of that tendency, will make his opinions the rule of judgment and approve or condemn the sentiments of others only as they shall square with or differ from his own. That is the time enough for the rightful purposes of civil government 
for its officers to interfere when principles break out into overt acts against peace and good order. And finally, the truth is great and will prevail if left to herself, that she is the proper and sufficient antagonist to error and has nothing to fear from the conflict unless by human interposition disarmed of her natural weapons, free argument and debate. Error is ceasing to be dangerous when it is permitted freely to contradict them. Section 2. We, the General Assembly of Virginia, do enact that no man shall be compelled to frequent or support any religious worship, place, or ministry whatsoever, nor shall be forced, restrained, molested, or burdened in his body or goods, nor shall otherwise suffer on account of his religious opinions or belief, but that all men shall be free to profess and by argument to maintain their opinions in matters of religion, and at the same shall in no wise diminish, enlarge, or affect their civil capacities. Section 3, and the final. And though we will know that this assembly, elected by the people for the ordinary purposes of legislation only, have no power to restrain the acts of succeeding assemblies, constituted with powers equal to our own, and that therefore to declare this act irrevocable would be of no effect in law. Yet we are free to declare and do declare that the rights hereby asserted are of the natural... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.